0: For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. Cork,
1: I don't know if you've heard the news, but we have a brand new breakfast show coming soon.
2: Go.
1: Starts Monday morning at six only on Corks Red FM.
3: Exciting time, baby. Exciting times. Um, uh, the Iron Man, of course, and the tragedy of the Iron Man was on Sunday morning, and here we are Wednesday, and the story still continues to very much dominate. Now terror and chaos on Death Swim is the front page of making the sun today because more and more athletes, either to at radio stations like mine or indeed newspapers, are telling of their horror and their panic in the water on Sunday morning. Um, as of now, there is still no talk about any kind of a Garda probe into what went on, but there are lots of different independent investigations. Uh, but this morning, uh, the Red Tops were saying, competitors screamed in terror during the utter chaos of a swim during an Ironman event in which two people died. Athletes who took part were describing utter confusion and fear that they went through in the water as the route was changed due to bad weather. Now, we do know of the two deaths of the Canadian Ivan Chittenden, age 64, and Brendan Wall, aged 45. Now, some people are talking about underlying medical conditions, but I did read an article yesterday uh, from the trainer of uh, the Canadian Ivan Chittenden. In spite of his age of 64, his trainer said he was in optimum peak performance. He was never in better shape. She was saying that with regards to his training regime, it was just incredible. And in his strength and his energy was uh, off off the charts. Cork County Council is also seeking a full account of Sunday's events following the death of the two deaths of the two participants. And that's the story on the front and inside pages of this morning's uh, Echo. And I see uh, Owen English has uh, become very much involved in the day-to-day unrolling of this story. Uh, For the examiner this morning, I heard him in in the news there at at 9 o'clock this morning, so everybody's covering it. Um, Rao now, here's the problem. Somebody isn't telling the truth, um, and I don't know who that is because there is all sorts of he says, she says Handbags of dawn going on here, because uh, the gist of it is, um, the Triathlon Ireland said that they told the organisers of or those in those in authority for the swim um, before the swim took place that they couldn't sanction it. Ironman have came back then last night saying, uh, "No, we didn't get that um, decision from uh, Triathlon Ireland until hours after the swim had ended." Do you get me? So Triathlon Ireland then have come back and said that they confirmed that the race organised, um, that they wouldn't sanction it, and they definitely told them before it. So it's backwards and forwards. More competitors make the independent today where uh, Keith O'Sullivan said that there was a sense of panic and people were being pulled from the water. Winnie Moore also took part in the triathlon. She said that people were uncontrollably crying in the water and she decided during the swim uh, not to continue. Um, She just decided for her own safety. She says, I made it out about 200 metres and there was a big swell. I looked around me and I just started to panic. Others then were talking about being kicked, uh, being swam over, being grabbed at. Um, And all sorts of things like that, as people who were also uh, panicking or just trying to power through the water, obviously uh, hurt and, uh, and, um, uh, you know, either swam over or kicked or punched, none of it intentionally. Don't get me wrong in that regard. Or maybe if people were panicking, they were grabbing at other swimmers because they were just that panicked. So it's a very much live story, to be quite honest with you. I mean, what's interesting for me is that, let's say, the Ironman uh, officials said that they didn't get the sanction from Triathlon Ireland for many years after the swim. The swim went ahead even without the sanction. So obviously the sanction wasn't something that was needed. The green light wasn't needed from Triathlon Ireland um, to actually, um, you know, blow the whistle and say, get in the water. Uh, so more about that in, in, in undoubtedly as we head across the day. But this is still very much a live and unfolding story with two different groups now. And... Um, um, you know, uh, claiming that you know what they're saying is, is is not an accurate account of the events. It was talking yesterday morning on the air about Kilcolly, and I played you some of the audio from the funeral on Saturday morning. City Council have called it. Uh, the city council have said in a statement that they share in people's revulsion as to what was witnessed at the funeral at uh, Saint Catharines in Kilcolly. Um, you can see the video yourself. It's very much uh, available online. You see car engines, this is in Kilcully graveyard itself, I'm reading from this morning's um, Echo, you can see car engines being revved up with large plumes of smoke billowing from exhaust pipes, loud music being played through a speaker system, and large gatherings of people watching on as the events unfold. So to call it a disturbance probably is an understatement, but many people are angry and upset about it because, you know, Um, graveyards are sanctified places and are, you know, usually nice, nice and quiet where people can spend some quite quality time. Uh, with the, um, you know, at the grave of their of their loved one. You um, see what's happening in Dublin now. They are bringing in uh, armed patrol units to make Dublin safer. That makes a lot of the red tops today. The Star carry it on their front page. No more running riot. They're going to throw something like two million euro at it and bring in serious um, uh, public order units and armed patrols onto the streets of Dublin. Riot squads, armed cops... Lots more visible Gardaí in Dublin City. So that's interesting, uh, as they uh, hope to um, you know, protect the capital with more guns. They call it Operation Citizen, according to the Mirror today. We could do a bit more Gardaí Chicanas ourselves uh, here in Cork and indeed right across the county. There's one particularly awful story. It was uh, Monday morning at quarter past eight. Could you imagine this happening? A terrifying, aggravated burglary above in, in Monkstown in County Dublin, number of men dressed up as workers knock on the door of a house and force their way into it. There's four occupants inside the house, including a couple in their 70s, their daughter and their grandchild, aged under 10, all held against their will. But you know what they went and done? They beat the grandfather with an iron bar as they searched the house for valuables. They got a number of items, so they did, including cash, and then they legged it. <coughs> they tried to... Uh, legged in their BMW estate car or somebody's BMW estate car but it wouldn't start so they ran away instead big guard investigation into that one and unfortunately uh, since 2005 we have lost nearly 2,000 Irish pubs and when you look at it by county by county Cork is third worst hit the amount of pub closures. The worst is Limerick, then Roscommon, then Cork and Leash together, but nearly 2,000 pubs have closed in the last 18 years. And in 2022 alone, the number stood at 108. Um, And those figures are since 2005, nearly 2,000 Irish pubs. And of course, that's um, having a huge impact, particularly in county areas, particularly in rural Ireland, in villages and smaller towns, because the pub provides a place for community events like weddings and wakes and And funerals, and also it could be almost in many places, almost like the community hall for local villages where people catch up and get information or share gossip or meet friends just to stay in touch. A lot of it has to do, of course, with our ridiculous excise tax on alcohol in Ireland. It's absolutely insane. I don't know what the figure is, it's somewhere north of about 70% of every pint or glass of wine or whatever it is you're having goes to the state. We have the highest excise duties in the world. Um, it's absolutely nuts. It's a story that makes the Independent today, and that's one of the main reasons. Um, you know, we have about six and a half thousand Irish pubs remaining, but it won't be long before that figure is is halved, or you know, continues to drop down. Locals are blaming the drinks industry, and the locals are blaming taxes by the government. As in, the drinks industry are charging too much, and the government are taking too much tax. I wonder is it anything to do <coughs> with people's lifetime changes, where they actually socialise differently now, and they're. They're on a kind of a different body clock or they're different different social clock now with how they spend their time. Uh, well, I can tell you one thing. Uh, the Leaving Certificate is out on Friday. Parents have been warned already to be looking out for the effects of drug abuse, particularly if Leaving Cert students are partying. And um, One of the big drugs of choice now for all ages, don't kid yourself, is cocaine. And cocaine will feature as part of the uh, leaving certificate celebrations for sure. will absolutely, alcohol will and tablets and pills. Um, but uh, they're saying in this morning's Mirror... Uh, According to a professor, uh, Bobby Smith, um, says that um, substance abuse now begins in primary school with children in fifth and sixth class primary school. They are experimenting with beer and they are experimenting with vodka. Um, One of the bits of advice that he gives actually is don't leap to the questions to your son or daughter. Are you going to get hammered drunk? Are you going to use cocaine? It's better to take a more soft approach where questions are on the lines of, What are your plans for Friday night? You know, have a conversation. Help them to plan it out. The best laid plans, of course, uh, come a cropper. Uh, But that's Friday night. Hope everybody stays safe. There's a lot of backlash with regards to the NCT. You know, public pressure can get things reversed. I mentioned the NCT because they're no longer taking cash. One of the reasons they want debit cards and credit cards and things like that is they want to cut down on no-shows and they want everybody to pay for their NCT in advance. So you can't pay for an NCT in advance with cash. Uh, So no more cash at the NCT. More and more people are just getting sick to death of it. And a lot of public pressure gets things changed. Um, You remember the owl in the Late Late Show? Along came and along Sorry, out went Tubberdy. Along came Keelty. And they decided they were going to get rid of the owl, Gabriel the owl, which is featured at the start of the Late Late Show since the early 1960s. Um, He got axed, but he's back again. Because of public pressure, within the space of a week, um, the OWL will make its return to the start of the show in the new season... Uproar when the new logo showed that the owl had been removed. So people power really does work. Um, there's another story regarding power making the papers today and that is to do with Irish electricity bills. Um, it's a bit like our banking sector, you know, and it's a bit like everything else. Our so utilities just are off sailing away, doing their own thing without fear of any retribution or fear of any pushback. But Irish electricity bills are now €900 Euro higher than the EU average. It's pretty startling, isn't it, that we have electricity prices higher than any other of the 32 countries within the EU. But that's the survey that makes the front and inside pages of this morning's um, Irish Independent. Now, Tuberty does feature in a lot of papers today, particularly with that open letter from John Brennan of the Brennan brothers in Kenmare, accusing Kevin Kevin Backhurst of publicly executing Ryan Tuberty. Um, And the reasons given by Backhurst, according to Brennan, are just lame, they don't haul water, and it was the wrong thing to do. One or two other colour stories. If you're a fan of Only Fools and Horses and if you're a fan of Fraser Crane, as I am, you will be very excited with the news that the 10-part series of the new Frasier will air on Paramount from the 12th of October and it features Rodney Trotter or should I give him his correct title, Nicholas Lindhurst, the actor, because he is in Fraser. He's a long-lost friend of Fraser, Apparently, Frasier, in the new series, and I hope to God it works out From goes back to Boston and picks up his life um, as he left off with, with Cheers. So that's one of the first images now that's been released of the new series. Sitting inside in a pub with an unknown girl. Um, she obviously is possibly a replacement for, I don't know, one of the characters who aren't uh, you know, maybe Roz, but certainly inside in the pub is Fraser Crane and Rodney Trotter. And it's not the nag's head. So you've got lot to look forward to. Talking about big screens and small screens, Barbie has broken the all-time Irish record, becoming the most successful movie of all time in this country. So what? How am I supposed to feel about that? I wish to God it was another film. I haven't seen Barbie. Don't get me wrong. So it would be wrong of me to criticise it. It's up to you guys to go and watch whatever you want. But the biggest box office success of all time, Barbie. Um, 8.8 million euro. The most successful movie of all time in this country. Which goes to prove, I suppose, if nothing else, people want a bit of relief in their lives. They want a bit of a distraction. They want to be entertained. They don't want to be frightened they don't want to be worried or stressed they just want a bit of pink
4: fun pink furry fun I loved it Uh, you went I, I did I loved it it was a great movie. All right, okay. it was very enjoyable, no, very okay. funny, very irreverent, I, 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 and can't, very, say th- I can't say. Yeah, I much seen it, more. I can't um, comment. Yeah, much more um, kind of uh, what's the word? I'm looking for? kind of bizarre humor. Much more kind of fourth wall breaking sort of stuff. It's right, It's actually very funny. It's very kind of self-reverent, but um, and it just goes. It I was going to say sunglasses with all the pink. Though. No, no, no. It's actually not that bad. No, no. no. It's it's actually it's actually very funny. No, it's. I thought it was a bit ham. Some bits were a bit fisted but I think intentionally done so. It's kind of intentionally pointed. Kind of a out send up really, of itself. If yeah. You know. yeah, it sends. Right. Up, okay. which is great, and, and, and Mattel the, is a Mattel the company like yeah, yeah. that, that make the, the Barbie dolls. They really get sent up in it; like they come out of it. Really, they got a right
3: hold. It's like it's like chalk and cheese. It's like Marmite. It's like uh, the Rose of Chili. People have their own opinions, but yeah. you know, I think unless you go you do not know a lot more
4: people saw Barbie than they watched the Rose of I, well, I mean I was one of the greatest critics of the Rose of
3: Chili until one year I went down there and I saw exactly what it was all about and now I'm a big huge fan it. of it Yeah, yeah. I've been to. to Barbie so I need to keep sitting my hands no, on that one
4: get, we have to get you down but I was going to say the, the, it does really show again that there's an appetite for people to actually go to the cinema which is great because I think people were afraid with the streaming services and everything that cinema was dying but people still do love the experience of actually sitting down at, well listen to at, me in, you in couldn't watch
3: either. Oppenheimer on a small screen Screen. you yeah. just couldn't, it wouldn't do justice it'd be like watching Jaws when it came out on a small little television, you need the scale of it yeah. you know, the grandeur of it yeah. actually, okay, there's one or two other stories which we'll come back to throughout the course of the morning, one is to do with the battle of the decades, is it the '90s? was it the 80s, was it the 90s was it the 10s were the best Research coming out saying that, uh, according to some kind of research this morning, they're saying nah, it was the naughties hands down. Your thoughts on that are welcome. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Anyway, back to the story um, that we we'll picked up on from yesterday after the break, and this is Kirk Colley.
1: Talk to Neil Prenderville now. Oh eight one eight one
3: zero four one zero six. Corks Red FM. And you pick up the phone on oh eight one eight one zero four one zero six, and to the phone lines we go to Lorraine. Lorraine, good morning.
5: Morning,
3: Neil. Thank you so much. And I know this is a, a very difficult time for you because the funeral that we were talking about in Kilcully at the weekend was the funeral of your uh, of your nephew, is that right? Um, no, my husband's
5: nephew.
3: Your husband's nephew, OK. Yeah. And uh, may he rest in peace. Are you aware of some of the criticism of some of the events at the funeral?
5: I am, Neil. I heard a bit of it yesterday.
3: Yeah. Yeah um i actually played some of the audio of it where you can see cars inside in the funeral spinning wheels and revving and revving and burning tires and lots of exhaust smoke and some are suggesting that it wasn't uh, it wasn't the right place for that
5: well need as i said and it it was actually Ken O'Flynn that I wanted to have the conversation with Um, Can I just say, I am due
3: to talk to Ken O'Flynn this morning and it was all set up and arranged and I hope it will happen, but he's not answering right now but in the event that he does, I will be chatting with him, so go ahead yourself for now
5: Yeah, as I said that has happened plenty of times out there, I've seen it plenty of times Now as a matter of fact, there was a funeral not so long ago a boy that had died in the same circumstances, where there was motorbikes flying in and out leaving off blue Blue smoke. Now Ken O'Flynn is actually in attendance at that funeral. So the family just want to know why is do he keep highlighting their funerals? He done the same to their father's funeral two years ago. Now, as I said in the message to Ken, my sister in law is living in the neighborhood where Ken's father ran a business for years. Would it not be more in his length people to to, to offer his condolences than plastering it all over Facebook like he done with their father two years
3: ago. Well, what, what he has said is that Cork City Council needs to pass new laws so that what happened there on Saturday with the cars and the noise and the smoke and the burning rubber will not be allowed to happen again, that you won't be allowed to have karaoke machines at a funeral, that you won't be allowed to have loud music or, or flashing lights or anything like that, that it has to be a more respectful um, occasion. Nor would, and he, he's also saying, you know, that, that City Council is saying this morning that they find it they're, this is a quote, City Council understands the upset that this funeral caused and shares people's revulsion at what was witnessed. So it's, it's not just Ken O'Flynn's City Hall are saying it as well or at least a spokesperson saying that, that they're revulsed by it. That's
5: not the first time that's happened out there, Neil. I've seen it plenty other times.
3: But maybe but maybe what they're saying now is that that, that would be the last time that it should be allowed to happen.
5: The last time it should happen. But with City Council I meal, as you were aware there not so long ago, there was plenty of graves damaged out there. Yeah. Headstones were broken. Now my own mother and father in law, their headstone was broken. What did City Council do about that? Nothing, because th- that family had to repair their own grave. No, that was out of their own pocket. The city council Why do people smash
3: up other people's gravestones?
5: I don't know. Some Someone went in there one night and broke up a lot of headstones. Mm. It wasn't just their one, it I was know. other people's I know. as well. I know. So where's the city council on that? Because people have paid out their own pocket and they didn't do nothing about it. They're bringing them to court. So if they're making a big colour blue about this, this is their land. What are they doing about the broken headstones?
3: Yeah, I suppose the broken headstones are investigating that would be a matter also for Angarda Shekana, that would be a criminal matter, but if you have other people if you had other people in Kilcully on Saturday that were visiting the the, the the graves of a loved one you could have an elderly person there visiting a, a departed husband or wife they shouldn't have to put up with that Lorraine, that noise no, and, and that commotion. No, I understand that
5: Neil I totally understand that now can I just explain about that family That family, that's their third... That's my sister-in-law's third child that she buried through suicide.
3: That is beyond tragic. That is awfully,
5: awfully sad. and he was the youngest of them all. He was only 25 years of age. He was a young boy. He left behind a wife, two young children. They were only trying to give him the best send-off that they could.
3: Okay, and let's talk about that a little. Did he love his cars? He did. He did.
5: He did. He loved cars.
3: Yeah. And that was no, the I, reason for the cars being in the cemetery, revving up and what have you?
5: That was the reason. Now, there was no damage done to anybody's grave. They weren't on top of anybody's grave. Now, I've been out there before, Neil, and I've seen cars parked on top of graves playing music. And I mean parked right on top of them. This was on the concrete. This was on no, um, it was on nobody's grave. There was nobody's grave damaged.
3: You've seen cars parked on graves with people with with ghetto blasters playing loud music around the grave.
5: I have. One during the day and one at night.
3: Having a party.
5: Not having a party, no, playing, just playing songs. I've often seen people having a drink at the grave.
3: I, I actually, I actually don't have any problem with somebody going in and sitting down by the side of a grave and having a, a shot yeah, of whiskey or a can of beer.
5: But Neil, is that it was a party? Let me tell you, it was far from a party.
3: No, no, no. i I certainly never mentioned the word party in any of the. I just, I just stuck to the video that I saw, which were the cars and the, yeah, the revving was, and the noise. Um,
5: It was far from a party, let me tell you, because it was just so heartbreaking, as you can imagine, to put your torchlight into their grave. So it was far, far from a party. Now, the point I was getting at was Councillor O'Flynn. Why did he highlight that again when he don't highlight any other funerals? which he was in attendance at one where there was motorbikes playing in and out, as I
3: said. OK, well, if I was talking to him, I would put that point to him. Was he at one where there were motorbikes, and did he criticise that? Was. Uh, he was, But people visiting St Catharines say that they've had to take beer cans off their loved ones' graves. There's been complaints, not only of the revving up of cars, but drinking, urinating in the graveyard, vehicles flying in and out. No, I'm not talking that about you. Late. I mean, they've just had enough of it, you know?
5: Well, about the, the drinking now, Neil... His brothers, he has six brothers. They opened two cans, they took a sip from the can and they threw the can down on top of their brother. That's what they've done. Which I've often seen. I'm not from the travelling community myself and I've often seen my own people doing it. They throw fags down, they throw you could throw a pack of fags down.
3: I think I think that's very personal and private and I mean if you're asking me, I, I personally would have no problem with that in the wide earthly world. That's that's a million yeah. miles away the from The way people are then.
5: highlighting it, oh, it, it, there was a party out there. It was very far from a party. Very, very far.
3: I think it might be. It might be just the latest event. You know, it's 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 not the one on Saturday. Isn't isolated. There's been others like that. Um, in fact, yeah, one has to wonder. Been. One has to wonder that why any car would be allowed in or able to able to get in unless it was the actual funeral hearse. Um, you know, or, or indeed the, regarding the, the horses, mourners. Need,
5: it was a horse and carriage. No, they only came as far as the gate. And then his brothers lifted the, the his casket from there. The horses were not inside the grave. They only came as far as inside. And that was to bring his, his coffin in.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They so weren't
5: you- actually inside running along the grave.
3: Are the family upset about the attention that the funeral has got?
5: Of course, they're upset, Neil. Of course, they're upset. Their father died from COVID two years ago, and he gave him the same publicity Kenneth O'Flynn as well. Now he don't do it for anyone else. So why is he doing it to this family? This family wants to know why. And he's well, I doing don't.
3: It I don't know any. Time. I don't know anything about that. He's a public rep for the area, and he was contacted by people that he represents who either saw the video or were in Kilcully and saw the carry on for want of a better term. No, as I said
5: to and him... And he's yesterday, asking City he,
3: Council to clamp down on all of this.
5: As I said to him yesterday, because I WhatsApped him, he didn't have the manners to ring, to text me back anyway. Um, why do we always do it to this family? he done it before.
6: No,
3: I don't know, you uh, see, I don't know anything. I don't know anything about why he, you claim that it is only um, the, you say, the McCarthy family, is it? yeah yeah okay okay well now
5: the guards couldn't have done couldn't have helped him out anymore on the day they said it was very respectable everyone was quiet everyone was very respectable so I do not know what Ken O'Flynn's problem is
3: could I play you some do you mind if I play some of the audio if people didn't hear it yesterday
5: oh you can kind of course yeah
3: I will listen <laughs> goes on and on like that for a while just listening to that Lorraine do you honestly think that believes in a in a, in, in a a sedate and serene place like a graveyard
5: when well, I have a lot of people buried there myself my own parents are buried there my grandparents my uncles as I said I have a lot of people there where that happened was down the very end by the wall it was on concrete now, I don't know what they're talking about houses because there was no house.
3: No, but if other people hear this now and they have a mother or a father or a brother or a sister or a husband or a wife buried in Kakoli, I don't have anybody in Kakoli but I certainly have uh, grandparents in Rathcoony and I'd be very upset.
7: Well...
5: Uh, people have their own opinion you know what I mean that's I only my opinion other people have different opinions I know
3: I know I know as, as I was saying I was due to talk to Ken Flynn at this time in the event of me managing to make contact with him I will put him on air and I will put that point to him you're welcome to come back on the air yourself if you wish
5: yeah when he's on we just want to know why he keeps highlighting this family you know okay. it's it, a okay. when- heartbreak as I said he, why don't you call to the house so for his condolences and another thing there's how many TDs and councillors are in the north side but it's always when something has gone on with this family uh, well, some,
3: find, a, no, just some would find the revving of cars and the spinning of wheels and the burning of tyres and huge amounts of billowing smoke from the exhaust they would just find it too much to tolerate, to be honest. Yeah, but
5: what I'm saying is why are it doesn't they matter always who the family are. their complaints to Ken O'Flynn? Why don't, why don't they the, complain to other TDs? You see, where, I
3: know, but where would it end, Lorraine, you see? What would be next? I heard of karaoke machines in the side of graves and people blasting and singing songs and, you know, yeah, s- and serious full-on that. parties. I also heard, did I see something there recently where they were talking about fireworks in the graveyards. There was no fireworks on Saturday, was there?
5: Well, I often seen fireworks in the graveyard.
3: Were well, there are fireworks? When, it, at, at be, when the, it
5: would be when it would be people's birthdays, and that they leave off fireworks.
3: Yeah, but is that kind of getting a bit out of control, though? Well, I don't
5: know. It's that's not, not up to me. Today. Okay,
3: all right, all right, Lorraine. Listen, if I if I do make t- if I do make contact, I'll be back to you. All right.
5: Okay. I all right, girl. Thanks so for much. now. Thank Cheers. Take care for now.
3: Take thank care. You. And our commiserations and condolences, of course, with the McCarthys, without a doubt, on the loss. Of their uh, of their uh, family member, uh, unfortunately, not the first. Lisa, good morning.
8: Hey Neil, good morning. How are you?
3: Good, good, good. Um, have you parents buried in Kilcully
8: I do, yeah. My dad is buried there since 2002. Right. And my mother is buried there since 2009. And I was actually in that graveyard on Saturday because I know the family quite well.
3: Were you and, at the funeral? Yeah.
8: Why was at that funeral, I was up by my parents' grave, I was.
3: You weren't and at the funeral, okay, okay, thank you, go ahead.
8: I was at the funeral, I said. I was at the funeral, I was in the graveyard, I was up by my parents' grave. Sorry, I grave. thought
3: you said you were at your parents' grave, but you were actually tend- attending the funeral, okay.
8: I was, uh, I didn't see anything out of the ordinary needed for a loved one getting the send-off that they deserved, like, and I've tried to contact Ken O'Flynn, especially regarding the way that he's coming on, on about Kikali graveyard, firstly, when all the damage was done, he was in the. I uh, 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 was part of the committee when all the graveyards were done. We fought for the CCTV. Should the CCTV there if he's posting about on Facebook, followed by his keyboard warriors on about what's going on in the graveyard? Should people can look at the CCTV?
3: No, and ah, no, I mean no the video of... is very clear. I mean the those involved in it see nothing wrong with the cars or the I see nothing wrong with it So either. Like, you know
8: They give a loved one a send off. I hope, God forbid, when I do, I get to send off that people are giving their loved ones to send off because you know something. Is, he, obviously, he's nothing else going on. To but where do you them, draw? But, the, no, but hang on a second.
3: But where do you draw the line on this? You got all. You got all of what happened on Saturday with the cars and the revving and the noise. Then you have got fireworks, musical equipment, karaoke machines, alcohol. He's saying, and city council themselves are saying. This all has to stop. I mean, what will happen well, next? Will was was somebody, will somebody, will somebody now decide to set up a bar at the gravesite can you and start putting points? in need
8: All right, city council. Where was the city council when the graves were damaged? Why do we have to go in week after week after week and ask them what was going on with the graves? Yes, we were left to look at to repair all the graves and the stuff that was damaged. I understand people were out there Saturday, like giving their loved one the best send-off they could give him. A lovely, lovely young fella. I knew the young people well. But my father's buried there since 2002. And many New Year's Eve, I've seen fireworks going off out there. We see people going in on quarters of 10 to 12, sending off the fireworks. My father was buried there in 2002. Why are people... why there.
3: And why are people firing off fireworks in a graveyard?
8: Well, if I was doing it, Neil, it would be to bring in the New Year with my parents. And that's my opinion. That's the way I, it. That's the way I want to celebrate. It. But
3: isn't the graveyard supposed to be a very quiet peaceful place for all that go and use and find it, um, you know, a comforting place to be, you know, at the graveside of a loved one. You've got fireworks what going off, it, uh, like karaoke, it? revving cars,
4: what have karaoke? you
8: Karaoke? I saw a girl singing the song about a father from his two daughters. That's what I saw. in any karaoke machine. I saw somebody singing at a graveside. like...
3: Okay, so should it be a case that anything goes then?
8: Well, it shouldn't be a case of anything, like. Right? But where's Ken Rufflin this morning to answer all the calls?
3: I, I, all, all I can say in that regard is that I was due, he was due to be one of my first calls this morning, but as of now, uh, not contactable. That isn't to say, that, know,
8: that, he isn't to say
3: that he won't be contactable at some stage.
8: He blocked me in the page when I said about my parents being buried there and about he should leave the travelling community, bury their loved ones in peace. Um, I was blocked off his page.
3: So, so you.
8: Not that I care, like, yeah. not that I care whether he blocked me or not. But I, as a as a person that I own that plot where my parents are buried, and I said, "Not no, the ordinary there Saturday."
3: So you're saying if the and family he weren't of... the
8: people buried their loved one in peace, and I but it wasn't, in, but
3: it wasn't in peace, Lisa.
8: I know it wasn't in peace. They were giving him the send off he deserved. And I hope when I, God forbid, when I pass, I get to, to send off I deserve, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm saying. It, it didn't last all day at all. It, it lasted. Why the funeral's gone? Then it was gone.
3: Yeah. So wh- while something like that is happening, uh, is it a case that everybody else should just stay away?
4: I, mean, well, it? like
3: I've often been visiting Kilcully or I've visited Rathcooney, or I visit St. Michael's. It's a very quiet place. My mother's buried in St. Michael's. There's lots of other people also visiting, but I've also been there when there's a funeral on. Um, are you suggesting that when funerals like what happened on Saturday happened, that really no one else is welcome because it just wouldn't be a comfortable place for them to be? Would you even admit to that?
8: Well, if there was nobody else welcome, they'd lock the gate.
3: So is this a, so is this is more to do with traveller tradition then is it you're no, saying? No, i
8: have not against. I'm not against anybody having send-offs like that. Well, especially out in Kilcully like because when my father went there first in 2002, like there was a lot, there was hardly no graves there. Like, but like what I've seen down through the years, like I've never, as long as I'm going in out to Kilcully, ever seen anybody going to the toilet in the graves. Okay. I've okay. never seen wherever that came out of. And the only time I've seen alcohol in the graves is if somebody was pouring over a loved one's grave. I know Christmas, I'd open the can of beans for my mum and dad and just on top of the grave, that's it. But, like, the way he's gone on, and I'd love for him to come on this morning and ask him, why did he block me when I put up that post? Right. Why, why didn't he come back to me when, when I got on to him about the, the graves that was damaged? When we were all inside the city hall and he was going doing this and he, he was doing that. Anytime I've ever contacted him, I've always got just his voicemail. Uh, who, just, 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 just
3: He fine, never just be, mentions
8: okay. my name on the radio.
3: Just before you go, this damage to gravestones, is that ongoing?
8: Oh, no, that was just the young fella. Um, okay. There the, was the a young fella and like Cork City Council meant to pay for all the damages to the graves. We've gone out right? there. was a lot of graves damaged.
3: So, so they made a promise to repair them. Some young they fella was That's caught having... Ju- yeah.
8: But they put in the CCTV camera. So if Ken has a problem with what happened Saturday, tell him to go back and look at the CCTV camera.
3: We didn't have to. We've all seen the video, and it, the people are just saying. I imagine would we'll be thinking, "Where do you draw the line? What else is where next?" Where did they get know? the video? Somebody, att- somebody <laughs> attending the w- the funeral, put it up on TikTok. And there you go. Like. Anyway, listen, not n- not to worry. If if I do manage to have a conversation with them, we're making those points. Feel free to call again. All right.
8: Okay, and you might say that when he's on the radio, he might kick my name over his mouth as well.
3: Thanks, mate. All right, girl, take care. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks, Lorraine. Back after the break, text 868 106 Call the
1: Neil Prenderville Show now, 818
3: Red FM. Uh, why is Neil listening to Kenneth Flynn on about the funeral of when he wasn't even there? I was at that funeral, and those people did no harm to anyone, just gave a fantastic send-off for a son and a father. Ken... Uh, As an issue with the travelling community all of the time. He should mind his own business and leave people grieve in peace. Uh, The revving, the music, the fireworks and everything else that offended everyone, get over it. It was a family's own way of grieving. And the activities they did for the burial was for the man that had passed away. Uh, They were all things he loved. Country music, cars, singing and fireworks. The horse and carriage is an old and lovely tradition and a part of a way of life. It's not like they're going to be there uh, and uh, doing... Sorry, it's not like they're going to be in there doing all the above every time they visit. It was just for the funeral, for the poor soul's grave. And honestly, it's quite funny how fast your listeners are quick to judge. When the vandalising of the gravestones was happening, nobody was in a rush to get cameras or security put in. Nobody lifted a finger, in fact, apart from the very few who got the job actually done. However, when something like this happens... You all call for funeral homes and churches to do something about it in the future. Well, it just—it did look quite extraordinary that you would have high-powered cars. Um, At one stage, one of them speeds down through Kilcully at speed. It was like something you might see at a car show, uh, where people go around to these big events that happen, where people come to show off their cars. But this was actually at a funeral. Um, There was an awful lot of um, wheel spins, tyre spins that was letting off. Serious amounts of uh, smoke as the rubber was burning and then not to mention the huge amounts of exhaust boat smoke that was coming. I imagine there was probably damage done to the walkway and the driveway area uh, of Kilcully but not to mention other people who were probably in the graveyard. The question that needs to be asked is where do you draw the line? What is acceptable? Is it anybody's business in fact how somebody sends off a loved one? But your texts are welcome so do text 868 104 and we'll We'll come back to it. Um, it uh, was due to talk to Ken O'Flynn, as I say, but uh, as of now, not having any success with that. Um, uh, I have two brothers and a brother-in-law buried in Kalkali. I think it's absolutely disgusting what's happening there. Only recently there were headstones damaged even in St. Oliver's. Another one. When my brothers died, we gave them a guard of honour with cars as they were car mad and raced cars as well. They revved a bit while we passed uh, through we thought it was absolutely brilliant um you you hear of that actually you you'll see it in churches when people bring up gifts or bring up things that were important or relevant to the the deceased person's life uh, i i get that but uh, where, do you, where do you draw the line? Anyway, text 086-8104-106. Pick up the phone on 818 we got calls on the way.
1: Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 86 8104
3: Red FM. We well, you showed up about it. The IRA fired shots over coffins and there was never anything done about it. Uh, if people bury their dead the way they want to... Uh, that's their business you're just playing to the gallery fair play to you. good point fight and talk keep them coming text 0868104106 back to the phone lines we go uh, Tracy good morning
0: good morning now
3: you? I understand that you're Megan's aunt is that right I'm her
0: aunt that's
3: and, right. and and Megan is wheelchair is wheelchair user is that it yes yeah, so the
0: wheelchair user now she can walk with and she can take some steps um, I just want to make that clear. Right. Um, yeah, she's in a we- She needs a wheelchair, but she can also walk.
3: Okay. And how is she cognitively? Is she verbal? She does she?
0: She's non-verbal. She can She has a few words. And um, most of her, she does sign language. Right. Um, but understands everything that's said. Okay. Either directly to her or around her. And
3: did you get an invitation to a birthday party?
0: Yeah, it, it was actually her first cousin, Oren, my nephew. It was his sixth birthday yesterday.
3: Right, and the um, plan was that you would go with, like, maybe a couple of dozen of them, the kids, down to Airtastic, is it?
0: There was 18, between 18 and 20 children there yesterday, I mm-hmm. booked beforehand. There um, there is actually two children with um, additional needs. Oren himself, the birthday boy, who's type 1 diabetic. Uh, Megan is additional needs and another little boy additionally he was autistic right. so arrangements um, as I said arrangements the part of his book to artistic were emails um, to make sure everything was in place for the additional needs we got no reply my sister Amy got no reply to the email, so nobody nobody
3: asked when it was booked for the twenty kids. Do any of the children yes. have any special needs? Do we need are they you know no. do they use any kind of adaptive equipment? Nothing like that.
0: No, nothing like that. But they were informed through email. But you did send, you did you tell have, them in advance. Exactly, exactly. Okay. Because when you have kids with special needs, you have to be prepared for situations and make sure everything goes smoothly.
3: Okay, so everybody arrived then. When was it?
0: Everybody arrived at one o'clock yesterday. And then um, the kids were, all the names were taken and they were given special socks because it's a soft, uh, soft play area, um, bouncy castles, um, trampoline, yeah. yeah. Trampoline there. Um, there's also, do you know, the little
3: ball pits? Yeah, they do. I'm looking at here, they do ninja yeah. and stuff like that. The big ball exactly pits, exactly you, they, you, they do bowling yeah. and things. The ball pit exactly. is where you just literally pile into a pit of plastic balls, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. exactly. And, nice. and um, things didn't work out, No.
0: No, we came, we arrived yesterday and everything was fine. Sorry, now I have a noisy dog there, Neil, in the background.
3: Or a trombone there, the there or
0: something. Uh, <laughs> but um, we arrived, uh, at Megan was, all the kids were given their socks. All the forms were filled out, you know, what they wanted to eat and all this. And there was an induction video that had to be watched by the children. So all this was being done in preparation to go into the soft play area. So what happened next was Megan was told to be taken out of the induction video because of her session needs.
3: The wheelchair, I suppose, was it?
0: The wheelchair. No, the girl that was dealing with us said to Janice, Megan's mother, if she can take some steps, that's fine. These words were said to Janice, but Megan heard. So Megan got out of her wheelchair herself and walked to show the girl that she could walk. We asked to see the manager. The girl went away to get the manager. She came back. She said, he said no.
3: So, but you said at this stage that Megan actually could walk. Um, so yes, she could have yes. gone into the soft play area yes. using her two uh, hind to, walking.
0: Yes. There was other children, smaller and weaker than Megan there yesterday. Their um, parents, our guardian, went into the play area with them, which would have been done with Megan. We never, we have her 13 years, Neil, never as much as a scratch. If we knew the situation yesterday, Megan would not have been brought to the party. The party would have been held somewhere else.
3: OK, there was no, there was at no stage where you were saying that whatever she was going to be doing, she would be in the wheelchair, which could be deemed to no. be a risk to other no. kids, no?
0: Exactly, no. The wheelchair was not. Megan was out of her wheelchair and sitting in the induction area when she was removed.
3: Do you think they might have been worried for, Megan, that with kids of that age, you can get a bit boisterous that she might get hurt?
0: We asked for the waiver. It says on their website that their policy is they cannot make medical assessments of a child, but if a parent or guardian signs a waiver form for the child to go in, it's acceptable. We asked yesterday for the waiver form when we saw the way things were going, and we were refused.
3: What was said when you asked for it? No. Just no?
0: No. Okay. Then we asked again for the general manager. That was the second time he eventually came down and his reply was, we asked, can she go in, please? It's her cousin's party. The kids that were at the party know Megan. They were looking for Megan. Um, Again, we asked, can she please go in? She will be supervised. She's never on her own. There will be one of us with her at all times like the other smaller children were being watched and attended, you know? But we were told, no, there is a reason. His answer was, there is a reason why she's in a wheelchair. Now, we looked at the walls. There was no signs up to say, wheelchairs, no, it's not wheelchair suitable.
3: But the wheelchair wasn't going in, you're saying? Exactly. Okay, and how did Megan react to all of this?
0: She cried, Neil. She cried. She cried. There was men and women had nothing to do with the party yesterday and they actually walked out. They were so upset and said they were horrified afraid of what was happening.
3: It's an awful thing for a child to feel left out it of is. a party like it that.
0: Is. Yes, it is. Awful. Yes, it is. Megan, as I said, 13 years, she's in our life. We, we swore when she was born she would be treated no different to any other child. No, she's not. She's actually been all over the world on holidays. We never had a problem. She's been to... Kate Park. she's been to Disneyland, you name it, and we have never in all our lives come across what we had to go through
3: there. So she wouldn't have been in the soft play area with the balls or the jumpy things and the bouncy stuff she in the couldn't. wheelchair where another child could hit off the wheelchair and be injured? No, no, no.
0: wheelchair was going into that area. I know I, I just because, I said, because we
3: have contacted, I've, I haven't yeah. got a response from Airtastic, yeah. but we were in touch with them this morning and emailed yeah. them. And, Stuff like that, so I'm ex- I hope they will come back and explain. But what did you I do? So. Did you leave?
0: We couldn't leave because it was Oren's birthday, and this is what he wanted for his birthday. As I said, Oren is a type one diabetic. Um, he, our were made aware of that. There was another little boy, autistic, autistic, were made aware of that. Those two children were—they're—they're they're, to me Neil, and I have to say, hands on heart, to me. Those kids' disabilities are, even though they have disabilities, they are not visible. Orange pump is under his clothes that gives him his insulin. Yeah. He's taken away to give his insulin by injection. Yeah. The little boy with autism, his, his additional needs, they're not seen. But Megan can be physically seen. Yeah, and well, the chair, was, you can hardly she miss it. He was singled out yesterday.
3: You know, we we really need to try and do everything we single can in every, it's We accepted, need to do everything we can to try and make people feel welcome, inclusive, included, particularly a child included. and part of things, you know. Uh, we they have a... to
0: tell our children to include every child.
3: Yeah, yeah. Be
0: it race, be it colour, be it disability. Yeah, yeah. And this is what adults do.
3: And so, did, she, did she indicate to you, uh, I know you said that she was crying. Um, she was
0: crying, she was upset. It was enough when she got out of the wheelchair herself and walked to show the girl, look at me, I can walk.
3: So did you just sit there and watch everybody else playing then, was it?
0: No, we took them. She was uh, removed from the removed from the area. We actually took her upstairs. Um, some of my four sisters are all together. And uh, uh, three went with Megan and my mother. We actually took her upstairs bowling. The child that couldn't stay in a soft area could walk and throw a bowling ball, which was seen by the manager. Bizarre. Um, Exactly, Neil, exactly.
3: It's bizarre. It's very sad because it's just very upsetting for a child.
0: Then the birthday party we found out, then the birthday party was upstairs, up two flights of stairs. Um, I was after asking for a lift to bring her to the birthday party, the the feeding part of it, you know, the food and stuff. Oh, we have no lift. So Amy lost it then at that stage. She just said, look, tell me now, she could not Go to the play area. Please tell me you have a way of getting her to the eating area to sing "Happy Birthday" with her cousins and her friends.
3: it was on a so different level, of, clearly, was it?
0: Exactly upstairs. So that so d- that did happen. All of a sudden, then a lift appeared. Once Amy kicked up a boat, not being able to get her upstairs. Okay,
3: all right, okay. So
0: I was told no. There's no lift. I know.
3: I know. Listen, um,
0: it was absolutely horrible.
3: Uh, I'm, w- I'm wondering whether other parents might have similar kind of stories to share of not being included or f- you know feeling as if their child wasn't treated as properly as they should yes, have been they have when been they came
0: contacted to contacted by a few and they're, they're from Airtastic
3: as well. well. Well, maybe Airtastic or maybe elsewhere. But I'm waiting a response from Airtastic. So as soon as that happens, I'll be back to you, all right?
0: OK, Dee, thank you very much. I think
3: we're actually just speaking to Airtastic right now, the manager okay. there. All right. OK, so park it there for now. Appreciate it, Tracy. Thank you Take very care. much, Text you. 0868-104-106. Back after 10.
1: Because of some legal contractual rubbish, we can't put Casey's voice on the air until he starts. So to tell you all about the show, here's his six-year-old son, Caleb.
9: It's going to be Jokes. Thanks, Caleb. listen nice kids. Your
1: new way to wake up in Cork. Red FM Breakfast with KC starts Monday
3: morning at 6 only on Cork's Red FM.
10: Gonna be the best show ever.
3: It's going to be the best show ever. That's one of the greatest promos I've ever heard. You can't do it yourself? Then get your son to do it for you. Uh, you know, uh, in the rock and roll world that we live in, there's a story making the mirror today of the most iconic album covers of all time. Um, it's it's pretty good. It's pretty good reading. And they've got a lot of different photographs of the album covers. Every, everything is open to personal taste. You mightn't necessarily agree with the fact that Nirvana's album, Nevermind, came out as the top iconic album cover of all time Um, in second position was Pink Floyd's The Dark Side of the Moon third then was David Bowie's Aladdin Sane Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band came in fourth many would have thought that that would have been number one actually the Fleetwood Mac Rumors album you think would have been higher than number five at six was Amy Winehouse Back to Black Born in the USA I mean you'd recognize that from a a thousand yards away wouldn't you born in the USA the Springsteen front cover uh, Beyonce after that Gorillas and uh, Blink 182 um, round off the top 10 but I, I was always very interested in the front cover of the Nirvana album because it's got a naked baby and um, a dollar bill and the baby is underwater and what interested me about it was there was raging controversy about that album cover years later when Spencer Eldon who was the baby in the shot he was only four months old right um, he sued um, unsuccessfully, claiming that using him on the front of the album constituted child sexual abuse. And what I found very interesting was he lost the case. And and I remember at the time thinking, this is a slam dunk, like, you can't lose this. He was four months old. It was his body as a four-month-old, but there was no consent. But still in all, he lost. I don't know whether anybody was paid Um, for his um, photograph or whatever had to do with it I don't know but I couldn't believe when actually he lost but there you have it nonetheless number one the top iconic album cover of all time. I don't know whether you agree or disagree text 0868 104 106. Um with regards to loads of texts continue to come in on Iron Man um, and I think we did get some kind of a response from Airtastic. I'm just waiting to see it there in a second but listening to all of your whingers on about Iron Man you'd wonder why this country can't get big events, wouldn't you? I think the athletes know what they're getting into. There are too many snowflakes in this banana republic. Morning myself and my husband were in the car and we came along a road Closed with a detour sign. The Ironman cycle was passing. As we were at a junction, a woman was being stopped on her bike. I thought she was injured as there was an ambulance crew around her as well. All I could hear from the car were screams and screams. They were informing her about the death of one of the participants, and it was so sad. She was taken off the bike and she was carried to the ambulance, roaring and screaming so upset and whisked away. I could not imagine how she was feeling, but I still can't get it out of my mind. Very sad for the families uh, on Sunday, says Jane. Uh, why are the locals in Yaw feeling so defensive? We are not saying it was the fault of Yall Town that two men lost their lives. The sea was very rough looking. It shouldn't have gone ahead at all and it should have been stopped out of respect for the deaths when they happened. It's actually more alarming now when you hear, and we have been hearing from some of the participants uh, of the swim, who were panicked and really, really struggling in the water, uh, even so much so that unfortunately others were struggling around them, and it resulted in being kicked and pushed and swam over. Um, I'm questioning why the route was changed compared to 2019, irrespective of strong waves. The current in that part of the sea can be treacherous. Uh, this is all dreadfully sad. Condolences to the bereaved. There was a lot of seawater, seaweed in the water on Friday, and that didn't help. Surely that would have hampered the swimmers even more. Bad decision to allow it to go ahead, says Mary. And one final one. Accidents happen in all sports. And this is without doubt one of the toughest. Once it was within Ironman regulations, it should have gone ahead. I'm sure people unfortunately die running marathons, but you wouldn't cancel the tens of thousands of other runners on the day now, would you? Good point. Interesting point. Somewhat muddied by uh, who said what with regards to Triathlon Ireland and Ironman as to when Triathlon Ireland actually told them, we can't endorse this, swim. We, we can't say it's okay we can't sanction it. Anyway, text 0868 as we go back to the phone lines. I want to talk a bit more about inclusivity, particularly when it comes to small children who might have their own issues in their lives. They may well have disabilities or be in a chair. Um, do you come across situations where they are left out? We heard the story earlier this morning about Megan. Let's talk to Geraldine. Geraldine, good morning.
0: Good morning,
3: Neil. How are you? Were you at Airtastic and saw this event?
0: I did, yes. I was there with my two sons. And um, they were getting ready to win, and um,
3: just move around a bit. Geraldine is breaking up a bit there.
0: Oh, sorry. And um, I just seen what was going on, and they were all sitting down inside, waiting to win. And then um, um, there was a bit of, uh, a bit of emotion. Um, the, the, the girl in question was told to come out of it.
3: Yeah. Hello? yeah, no, I'm I'm just sorry. I have other things oh, happening in my okay. ear. It's just a bit chaotic. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead.
0: I just seen her, uh, you know, um, getting up and her mum helping her and her sister getting her out. And um, she called the manager and it was the young girl and she said, no, she can't go in. We can't allow her in. Over oh, being in the wheelchair. Now, the was packed up. Oh, so I was standing next to her and I was watching yeah. everything. Yeah. And they asked to you know, could they see... Another you know, another person higher up than this girl and cause all she could say was no 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 and uh, I've heard from one of the aunts that were er that um, the child was special needs but that she can do loads of things.
3: Yeah, and she there can walk like she and the wheelchair wasn't the going into the area that where the other kids were yeah.
0: Yeah, she was, she was actually interested in something and was supposed to bring him up bring her bring her back out. The gentleman came down then. And there was no way and they were asking him for the policy where it says that she can't in there and he couldn't stop.
3: Talked, uh, no, you'll have to move, move around again, again, Geraldine, while you're, while you're trying to find somewhere with a better line and hopefully it will improve. We did manage to get through to Airtastic at Little Island yeah. and spoke to somebody there. But they say that they're not in a position to comment that we have to go through their call centre. Airtastic is part of a bigger group that has different locations around the country. So we need to talk to their call centre. Uh, we yeah. are not managing to get through to anyone at this call center. however, oh, oh, we have sent emails and we also have sent contacts through their website uh, and also contacted one of the reps uh, sales reps at are fantastic. so we've tried in every way, shape or form, including the phones, but no I response: know, we would. yeah no response but it all right, I'll come back to you if that improves. My apologies. It's not the greatest phone line in the world. If it improves, I'll come back to you at that stage because Geraldine did see it. Uh, text 0868 104 um, We were talking a lot about kids yesterday and how you occupy the time of kids, right? On the one hand, that was yesterday's conversation. Today, when kids want to participate in something and they may have special needs or indeed be in a wheelchair, we need to try and um, in, 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 in every way possible to make them feel part of of the fun and part of the occasion and part of the party. Now, you obviously, you want to take all sorts of safety precautions because you wouldn't want a wheelchair in an area where a kid might be jumping or coming down a slide and bait their head off the side of a wheel. I understand all of that. Somebody was saying on the topic of phone noise, we were on the Dublin to Cork train a few weeks ago. We were on the quiet carriage, so headphones are required when using your phone for music or whatever. My two kids did the whole trip with their headphones on, as did every other child nearby. But right behind of us, there was a guy watching matches on his phone. No headphones. He had turned up really loud. It went on for about an hour until somebody eventually complained. Some people are just oblivious to everyone else around them, says Paul Ryan. That That's even insane on a different level. Like, firstly, that he didn't get that it was absolutely wrong and it, wasn't unf- it was unfair and other, you know, patrons and, and travellers to have it up as loud in a carriage like that. I mean, you... How can you be that oblivious? And secondly, to be doubly oblivious to the fact that he didn't know that he was in the quiet carriage in the first place. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818 Cork's Red FM. Is that any better, Geraldine, I wonder? Yes, I so, can
11: hear you. So
3: you found it very upsetting. You said it was very sad to see a child um, not included like that. Yes, that's
11: correct. Yeah. And,
3: I mean, there
0: was... All she was doing was sitting there. She even got up and walked so that the girl could see her walking. Right. Yeah. And
3: And did other did other did other parents also see it?
0: Everyone, there's photographs up now that I'm actually seeing on Facebook and you can see the people's faces in shock. And there was a man behind me by the door and he was actually crying. Really? Couldn't believe what well, the way that little girl was treated yesterday. Did she it look very? Did she belief. look very
3: sad and upset? The poor child.
0: Very very sad because she's the, her and her man. She's just all. all right. so there's any parties going on? Because there's a lot of her cousins there.
3: Yeah, and, and she's, she's the one age with the cousins with and everything and all of the friends.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. She does everything with them, and she'd be in planet with them. She'd be yeah.
3: <laughs> all right, okay. All right, Geraldine, my apologies, but that phone line didn't improve at all, but thank you for your contribution nonetheless. Keep those coming, particularly with regards to inclusivity. Do other parents find that to be the case when they have uh, children, maybe with special needs or may have uh, a walking aid or a frame or indeed a wheelchair, if the case may be? Get in touch, text 0868-104-106. Uh, on cashless at the NCT, I've seen the NCT are now going cashless where you pay for your NCT with a card only. The motor tax office Office is also the same, and the likes of Vodafone. It's just not fair on the elderly who may not have a card or even hold a card. Never forget that cash is legal tender. It should be accepted um, on a person's wishes every time if they wish to use um, cash. Um, then on the Dunscombe Fountain from the bottom, which disappeared from the uh, City Hall Um, storage yard, and nobody knows where it is. If, as you say, the Dunscombe Fountain is in someone's back garden, then surely if the whereabouts of the garden are known, then a quick look on Google Earth would confirm it. (coughs) Can I just say that I had been told way back in the day of the possible location of it in two or three different back gardens. And let me just say that I did go on Google Earth and try and see into the back gardens of particular areas. Some might say that's snooping now, or some might say that's an invasion of somebody's privacy. But up on Google Earth, you can see anything. And I wasn't able to see the Dunscombe Fountain in the back of any of those gardens anyway. But there is some good news with regards to the busman's shelter. Um, it was originally a fireman's shelter. It used to be a watch base there where years and years ago, well over 100 years ago, it was busmen, sorry, it was it was firemen that used it as a rest area. And if you go back far enough, actually, the fire service in many countries, including Ireland, was was a private service. <clears throat> I am being told that there's good news for the busman's shelter. It's recently been going through some wonderful, wonderful uh, care and attention and refurb and being rebuilt and getting a lot of TLC. And I believe it won't be going back onto Patrick Street, my understanding of it is, but I think it will probably be going back somewhere at a location outside on Anglesey Street at the fire station on Anglesey Street. So if I have more on that, um, and I hope to, hopefully before midday today, I'll bring it to you. So watch this space with regards to the old busman shelter for Patrick Street. Trevor, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Okay, so the latest into the mix now is the NCT going cashless. they for your own safety and comfort and convenience. I don't get it, but anyway, what do you think?
7: It's for their safety and convenience, not ours. They don't give a damn about us. But, like, we're the customer, and uh, you could pay them two ways. Now, going forward, not at the moment, but uh, you can pay them with um, a a plastic card or you can get a, a postal order in the post office for 55 euros, which will cost you 450 to um, buy it. And another one thirty for a stamp. So but everybody
3: of all ages now has a debit card, yeah? The vast majority of people. Are, or is there a proportion of people that don't?
7: I'd say there's still people who don't. But, like, why, why should we be forced? My daughter Bridget, is getting her card done uh, next week. And she's going in. She'll produce her cash. And she's quite happy to produce her card. Not her card. She'd, I don't like using a card. I have a card, but I don't use it. It's only an emergency. I prefer to use cash. Now, I've looked at the eyes, but I don't see why any government or bank should track what I'm spending or where I'm spending it. Yeah. Because eventually, if they contract us all like that, they can sell that information to other companies and make more money out of it.
3: Well, well, certainly that is happening all right. With regards to your digital footprint, that is sold to companies and there's a price on that and your spending habits, there's a price on. But I think I read somewhere this morning uh, that they're saying that they need people to pay by card because they have to get people now to pay in advance to stop no-shows. Yeah, I've read that,
7: yeah. But could they not get a card number? Like you do in a hotel. I mean, I book a hotel, not very often, but occasionally. I tell them, when I turn up, I'll pay cash. They say, that's brand. They keep my card just in case I don't turn up. And when I turn up, I pay with cash. Why yeah. the, Can't the NCT do that? Yeah. Have your card. If you don't turn up, they'll take out the money. If you do, well, and good. Or they could do an electronic transfer or a check. Or go into your own bank and write out a form, putting down their bank details and transfer money. Over but that makes
3: it, you're making that. it more complicated rather than trying to make it more simple.
7: Oh, I wouldn't find that complicated.
3: But for say we, for somebody who doesn't understand the online world of online banking, it is though.
7: Yeah, but uh, you know, for years we were we were paying by going in like that and transferring money over accounts. And I I get people, young people there, and I'd be talking to them, and they'd say about the card. Oh, it's handy, and I'd say, Oh, right. Did you ever use cash? Yeah. Was it a fierce inconvenience to use it? And they'd think and say, No. So I said, well, Why are you going on so that it's inconvenience? There's nothing against convenience if you get used to it.
3: Yeah, I know. I know. The, I know.
7: Like you even brought it up there again. Remember in Canada a few years ago there. They got the facial recognition of 200 people, and they froze their bank accounts with their plastic cards. They were
3: truckers, weren't they, and Arctic drivers? Or yeah. yeah.
7: And they said, unless you sign a form note saying you will never protest again, your bank accounts are still frozen. You starve to death. In other words.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think that the, uh, you know, this is, the latest one is the the NCT, but there will be more to come, undoubtedly, where they just, you know, they don't want to keep cash because um, yeah. it's just inconvenient for the businesses, I suppose. It's just um, also a security risk for them, I, I guess that could be said as well, yeah?
7: Uh, well, I'm involved in, in the business uh, in a kind of a part. I mean, you know, just, uh, I mean, all this pension and it keeps me occupied, pottering around and we deal in a lot of cash. Right not
3: inconvenient. Okay, but are you organising some kind of a protest against the NCT? I'm
7: trying to, I'm trying to, yeah. I, I, I sent him an email, uh, saying that, um, I disagree with it, it's not for my convenience or safety, and, uh, I said, your profits are scandalous, your service is garbage, and I said, I'm going to organise a protest, if I can get two or 3,000 people not to go for the to go for their NCT, and if they're refused cash, then, uh, don't get it done, they can't jail us all.
3: But you won't be able to book the appointment without paying with your card online first. So you won't be able to rock in with the cash because you won't have an appointment.
7: Yeah, but the point I make is when you try to book the appointment, you tape your your call, you tell them you're recording the call. So you've made the effort to, to get the NCT, and if they don't uh, agree, then well, then if you're brought to court, you can go further and say I tried to pay with cash, and they won't accept it.
3: Okay, but why why aren't you doing that with other businesses that refuse to take cash?
7: I would. I always pay cash for everything. Yeah, but the,
3: oh, you've never I, been in an establishment that refuses to take cash? No. Well, there are bars and nightclubs and donut shops that spring to mind straight away that don't. There are fashion shops that don't as well. Um, I mean, do, do you have an opinion on self-service checkouts, for instance? Oh, I won't
7: go near them, because you're only getting rid of people's jobs. Well, that is true. Yeah,
3: that is true. Yeah,
7: yeah. I know, I know somebody who went to the bar and asked me, he told me himself yesterday, that um, they had a meal for about six or eight people, and they went up to a pay, and one says, he took out cash, the card only, and he says, I don't have a card. So she said, No, you must pay with a car. So he says, Thank you for the free meal and start to walk out and says, Where are you going? He says, You won't take my cash.
3: Uh, did this he happen said, now? Did this actually happen?
7: Yeah, this guy told me yesterday.
3: Because the barn does not take cash. They've been on with me enough times they, to tell you.
7: This guy told me yesterday he works for the company that I know that he for and he was telling me about it.
3: How much was the bill?
7: I don't know, but I can find out here and check. Uh, How many it. people? It about five or six
3: people. Okay, so it would be anyway six, maybe one hundred and fifty to one euro. Yeah. Sorry. Okay, so
7: what happened next? They took the money and he walked out.
3: <laughs> when Bush comes to shove, they'll take the cash. Then.
7: <laughs> did you see what? Did you see what they did in France recently? There, um, some we say Tesco store just for want of a name uh, said cash cashless and a hundred French people united and they physical quality take them up with. Uh, 200 tries to check out under one customer and when all the stuff was checked through, everyone one says card and they said no cash so they said well look uh, if you don't like it so put it back on the shelves there's probably a day's walk for somebody to do that they took the cash and the next day they sign
3: up, we accept cash <laughs> people power man people power I love it All right, appreciate it stay in touch
1: get it off your chest call Neil Brenderville now on
3: 0818 104 106 Red FM Okay, pick up the phone on 0818 104 106 again to another story that we've been running with over the past couple of days and this is the busman's shelter we were talking about in the Dunscombe Fountain from the end of Shandell Street which is gone and nobody knows where Uh, I was up at the uh, Fisthurst Park a few weeks back on my rotter and I went looking to find out what the state, you know, what kind of condition the busman's shelter was actually in, because that's where it was being stored, and I couldn't find it. So we did a bit of work yesterday trying to wonder where it was gone and, you know, what was the future of it. And I'm happy to say uh, that work has been happening and, you know, things have been bubbling away under the surface. Victor Shine, a second officer with Cork City Fire Brigade, he should be able to shed some light on the shelter. Victor, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Because it's close to everybody's heart. So what's been going on? A
12: fantastic piece of news for the city. Um, The busman shelter was in operation in the 1920s as a station uh, manned at night in Patrick Street by the Father Matthew statue. It then was taken over and used by bus air. So before that,
3: you're saying the fire brigade used it? Absolutely. It was actually a fire station.
12: What would they do in there? Just sit and
3: wait for a call, was it?
12: Exactly. But It was... Uh, traditionally manned at night, but um, again, it was again just been having access to the city centre. It was a quite a, a utilised station in the twenties, in the sixties. Then it was handed over to bus Aron, uh used as a, an office kind of area for uh, the, the the operations of buses in Patrick Street and so on around the city. And then it went into this to be replaced by a more modern structure. And uh, it was placed up in the works yard in Fitzgerald's Park, where it sits there now at the moment. And it's undergoing renovation. And the good news is, as a heritage um, site, we're going to put it in uh, front of the fire station on the green area where the flagpole is in front of the fire station on street. And works is to commence there within the next number of weeks. So in a very short period of time, that is where its new home will be. Because
3: I was looking at Tripe, that is, that is great news, that is excellent news. I was looking at some photographs on Tripe and Drusheen there recently, and unfortunately, it had been heavily vandalised and even set on fire, apparently. So it would have been in very bad condition.
12: It is, it is in poor state at the moment, but the Heritage Department are starting work on it. It's mostly cast iron, so that's going to be renovated and brought back to its original state and put in onto
3: the green area in front of the And is station. much of the work done on the refurbishment and the rebuilding of it?
12: Um, it's in progress. I haven't physically seen it myself now recently, but um, it's, it's underway. The, the, the ground works in front of the station. The, the raised beds are to be removed, a um, foundation put in, and then it's to be brought to location here so that's within the next number of months
3: and will it look like it did in its in its it best will. condition it, Yeah, it,
12: it, it's been restored to as close to original as possible
3: yeah. Okay, because the, the same article was talking about correct me if I'm wrong here that it was an iron works in Glasgow that did the original uh, construction or cast the iron for it in the 1890s would, would that be your understanding of it it's very possible no I wasn't there for the purchasing of that one <laughs> <laughs> you will be there for the putting in of this one though. What will be there for the resurrection? What will you use it for though?
12: Um it's going to be just as a historical piece really just to show the history of the fire service. Um as I said it was used operationally in the 1920s and it then handed over in the 1960s so it's coming back to um to an operational station again.
3: It's coming back to those that had it in the first place. Um, exactly. Uh, exactly. D- d- I'm just wondering would there be any kind of pushback against the fact that it should actually go back to its location on Patrick Street, Victor?
12: Well, that's that's a good question. I don't know, but the um, city council has decided in their wisdom, as far as it was a fire station to bring it back here and have it... Uh, Is
3: it that it wouldn't fit? In? Yeah, but it could still be a fire station and a nod to both the fire and the bus mm. departments on Patrick Street. Yeah. No, I mean, just yeah. I'm just curious as to, mm-hmm. you know, why it wouldn't go back to from where it spent all of its life in its heyday. Yeah, I suppose
12: uh, the fire service really like to look after their tradition and heritage and to have it here that we can show it off and have it in the location that we can be proud of
3: it. <laughs> it. It's ours. We had it first. All right. I get it. I get it. So when are you expecting it to
12: be put in place? Within four weeks, the groundworks are to commence, I believe, out in the green area. That's removing the height of the, that uh, raised bed, lowering it down, putting in a foundation, and then getting it ready for the structure to be brought back uh, to location here. And, and put up.
3: That's the best news I've heard in a long, 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 long time, yeah. because I thought it was too far gone to bring it back. Really and truly, no, no. looking at some of no, the photographs, no. so they must have got some serious work doing doing some serious work to it. yeah no, we're're we're, we're so delighted
12: now does it's been it, negotiations and uh, getting sanctions and permissions and getting people to actually carry out the work has been going on for quite no, uh, a long period of time. It's something that you can't do overnight and to bring it and restore it back to its original state. We'll take that expertise. So it's all together now and funding is there for us. So it's, it's a fantastic uh, four weeks. piece. Four weeks. Well, Sorry. we're starting in four weeks for the groundworks and then the structure itself then will be brought back into position here and uh, set
3: up. So we'll be talking about the next few months then, is it? I'd say before Christmas. All right, okay, great, and early a nice it Christmas could, could present sent for this season Brotto. Yeah, it could, could be sent to <laughs> <laughs> Could have multiple uses. Yeah, you could I have, I have multiple uses.
12: in Christmas.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's officially launched, launched Christmas Victor <laughs> Shine on the twenty-third yeah. day of of August. But no, I mean, uh, it, it could be it could have multiple uses. But you're going to put a plaque up explaining the history of it as well. I imagine, yeah.
12: Absolutely, absolutely. Like uh, one of our first uh, initiatives on that green area, we put um, a, a, one of the traditional Cork standpipes out in the green area uh, two years ago, and um, that's still there. But people, it's something that you walk past and you miss, there's a little plaque there. So it's to get the history of Cork out there, you know, and we have these small little... Uh, Pumps and stuff that we can put into it and kind of have a little display as
3: well. All right, my man, it's great news. Delighted that it has been rescued and it's getting the TLC it deserves. And in the coming months, it will be on location outside. uh, fire station hq and Anglesey street super stuff thanks victor appreciate it thank, thank you so much you for the news me. fantastic isn't that great news i mean some some mates may say it should go back to its original location perhaps that could have been an option too but i think the great news to this uh, if you see some of the photographs of it as you can see on trip and Drusheen online the condition of it you would really say Nah, that's far too far gone you won't be able to do anything with that but no uh, it's coming back all we need now is to find the Johnscombe Fountain and we'll be doing fine. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818 Corks red. FM. On Christmas coming too soon, it happens every year with Brown, Thomas, Neil, and their Christmas shop. Let it go, move on. My children love Christmas. My son is autistic and can't wait for it. Yes, we are all struggling, as you say, but the kids don't make me feel under any brother pressure with Christmas. I take it in their I take in their littleness and innocence around Christmas. Although, yes, maybe no talk of it before September. Well, I mean, which is it? Um, you know, maybe it's just something that Brown Thomas do because they know. If they launch Christmas and get on with it in the middle of August, they'll they'll get an awful lot of press coverage. And perhaps that's the reason for it. Actually, can I just say that Deirdre O'Riordan, who would be Peter O'Riordan's mother, and he Peter, of course, is out uh, having lost everything in Hawaii. She came back recently and said, thanks for supporting the Maui aid. But please do mention that there are now collection points at the book station in Douglas Village and also in Blackpool. Uh, shopping centres, the bookstation in Douglas Village and Blackpool shopping centres and both are accepting donations up to Saturday the 9th of September the Douglas Post newspaper will accept offers of help uh, weekdays at their office Monday to Friday 10 o'clock in the morning to 1 o'clock and Deirdre says if anybody has any aid that they would like to give that she collect anywhere in Cork City and County. Uh, just reminding people that there are ways to help. So thank you for that, Deirdre. Do stay in touch. I'll come back to a lot of texts and and, uh, and emails from yesterday on different topics. Uh, but I just want to touch back on something we were talking about yesterday. Uh, Father Tim Hazelwood was on the air with me. We were talking about the uh, lack of priests and how the Catholic Church really is going to have to change the way it does um, its, its business uh, with regards to um, who they will allow become priests because otherwise... Uh, we're, right now we have priests with our parishes, we have parishes sharing priests and now we're hearing that uh, there will be significant delays for funerals and what have you because there won't be a priest available to bury your loved one. So a couple on that, uh, what has happened to people? They've lost all respect. Um, the, the church wasn't afraid of jingling numbers, uh, of dwindling numbers during the pandemic when they locked people out when they needed it most, when people wanted to go in to do their prayers the church and the state should never have stopped people from going to mass during the pandemic and they held hands with the state. I couldn't go to mass during such a frightening time. They took away rights from me and they should never have been allowed to do that. This is an old chestnut. I've said it before. This crisis will continue until they allow priests to marry. So thank you for that one. Are you suggesting that back during COVID that perhaps the church should have gone on a solar run and said to the state, no, we are not following your COVID guidelines. no. We are not having ten at a funeral. No, we are not having ten at a wedding. In fact, we're not closing the doors. We are allowing our parishioners and our congregation and our flock to come in at any time they want. Uh, text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Marie, good morning.
9: Hi Neil. Uh, How's thank doing? you
3: so much for taking the call. Because I know this has as much to do with the lack of priests with regards to say funerals or baptisms or weddings and what have you. But but tell me about your own man, Mary Ward.
9: Mary Walsh. Um, she, she
3: Walsh. Walsh, in- Mary, Mary Walsh. Is it Walsh, yeah. Mary? Sorry, it yeah, says Ward right. here. My apologies. Barry Mary, my
9: name. Okay. Hi. Yeah, she died in May. Um, she died in May. She, she was in, in, in a nursing home for eight years, so it wasn't unexpected or anything like that. She was nearly 90, so she lived to a good age. Yeah. But um, she died, and when we did ask to have uh, the last rights given to her, um there wasn't a priest really available uh, well uh, uh, we, we we there would be a priest to,
3: there would be a priest attached to the nursing home no
9: um well i'm not quite sure now they they made they they made a call and um it was actually um a, a ukrainian orthodox christian that came along and um he performed the last rites and i'll have to say it, it was really lovely he did it in his own language he did it in ukrainian and it was it was a very very nice and you know, uh, quite a quite a special experience. And did that chap come di- along difference. because
3: there wasn't a Catholic priest available?
9: I, I believe so. Yeah, I, I must yeah. admit, now at the time I can't remember exactly what was said to me, but I, I think that was the case. Yeah. But, um, so there's another
3: example think- of Lat's rights. Never mind um, the removal or the actual funeral ceremony.
9: Yeah, yeah, but he he was he was wonderful. Now I will have to say, he was a, a lovely chap, and he 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 did a, he did a, a very a very moving um, uh, tribute to her, and it was lovely, it really. Was. In English
3: or Ukrainian? In
9: in, in 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 he asked if he could do it in his own language, in Ukrainian, and we we said that was fine, of course. So it was a bit a bit of a surreal experience. It wasn't quite what we expected, but it was still lovely at the same time.
3: Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, yeah, and you were you were very open to it and very understanding of it, and. Uh, well, not
9: at all. I mean, absolutely. I mean, whatever, whatever worked was was fine with us. Like, so it, it was it was lovely. Yeah.
3: it really was. And the, and the language barrier didn't bother you?
9: Not really. No, no, not really. No, it, I mean, it, it was the reverence and the respect that he showed, which which kind of came across really, and that was that was that was nice.
3: Yes. Okay. That's and what yeah. about the other facets of the funeral and the removal? Then were the priests available when, for that?
9: Well, now we didn't have a removal as such, so we just had prayers among ourselves and um, just the close family were, were at the funeral home um, when they were closing the coffin and we just did the prayers among ourselves. Um, but there wasn't a priest available to go to the crematorium with us after the funeral. We did There's have a another the funeral. example
3: of it then, a lack of priests
9: yeah, yeah. So the priest wasn't available unfortunately to come and he was very apologetic now, bless him. and um, but he just couldn't he couldn't quite make it to the crematorium.
3: Did he say so, that uh, he had other funerals or weddings or something on? Uh, like? I
9: can't remember again now because there was such a lot going on at the time. I can't remember exact details. Uh,
3: and how do you um, feel about that now? This is following on. From the that last was rites?
9: fine. That was fine. That was fine now, to be honest. It didn't bother me. Um, my, my 91-year-old aunt that was with us actually uh, led the prayers for us at the crematorium. And in, in some ways, that was, that was kind of nearly a little bit more special because, you know, it was within family and it was, it was lovely.
3: So would that have been Mary Walsh's sister? Sister-in-law.
9: Sister-in-law. Sister-in-law.
3: And the yeah. 91-year-old aunt of yours is a nun, I believe.
9: She is, that's right, yeah. And she led the prayers and it it was lovely. It was it was it was very intimate and very special.
3: Right. Lovely story. Yeah. And and, and, yeah. and Mary was your ma'am. From where was she? From?
9: From Mitchellstown.
3: Okay. From Mitchellstown. Would she yeah. have been like farming stock, I wonder?
9: That's right, that's right, yeah. She was a farmer. She was widowed young, so she was a, a farmer. A farmer for most of her life. You mean that
3: yeah. she actually worked the farm herself?
9: She did, she ran the farm, she did indeed, yeah, for quite a number of years.
3: Oh yes, my God, isn't that a powerful story? Did yeah, her husband yeah, okay, die? Okay. Did your dad die quite young?
9: He did. He did, He he died quite suddenly, quite young. Yes, that's right.
3: And she yes. literally just took over, literally locked just stock. She took and over,
9: her. took the reins, and took over and, and and did the job, yeah, and did quite a good job. Ran a successful farm for
3: quite a number of years. Go by that. And did the f- yes, farm, was yes. the farm handed on then as she got a little older or what?
9: Uh, well, yeah, she. She'd, yeah, yeah. I suppose it's, it's 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 my it's my thing now. Yes, that's right. You're running it now. Yeah. Well, it's less, but yes, it is. I'm sort of running it from a distance. Stayed I thought, in yes. the family. Stayed in the family. Yeah, yeah, and what, I do you yeah, know? What
3: yeah, the secret yeah. to her age was then? Hard work, I'd say. She'd say.
9: Probably hard work, yeah, yeah, I suppose so, yeah, and I suppose just a bit of longevity in the, in the genes a bit too. Her yeah. parents had lived to an old age, so I suppose it was it was in the genes a bit. Well, too. may she pass it on
3: to you then, Marie, as well, alright?
9: <laughs> Thank you so much. All Thank the you best. Take care.
3: All right, uh, I know we were care. talking about funerals this morning and so unfortunately the quite uh, divisive events at Kilcully on Saturday with regards to you guys, and I did speak with people who were at the funeral in Kilcully with the cars revving and the tyres spinning and the Rubber burning. I totally agree with Ken O'Flynn. It is a disgrace. Uh, the rubbish left behind uh, is absolutely shocking. I went to visit my dad's grave last night and the amount of big hearts, pictures, signage that's been left there at those graves is just a total and utter mess. No matter what you say, there is no regard for the graves next to them whose graves are now blocked up with all of that they... who. The, sorry. There's no regard for the graves next to them whose graves are now blocked with all that... And they'll just leave all of it behind to rot for someone else to clean up the funeral on Saturday. Left a lot to be desired. Um, Tell Neil to research Irish funerals. They have never been quiet and they have never been peaceful. Um, Neil, you're doing very well. I wouldn't answer if I was Ken O'Flynn either. Well, I'm not saying that he's not answering. It's just he was due on the air this morning on this topic just after nine. It's rather unlike him, but he's not contactable. Uh, and it's what six minutes to eleven who complained about cars the poor family is in turmoil already they're just friends of the of the lad i suppose it was just a send-off and it, if it didn't do any harm what's the problem why don't people just shut up about it? My heart goes out to that family. He must be very troubled, uh, says Marie. Uh, Neil, you are not going to make any headway with that section of the community as they always have an excuse and we, and, uh, we never do anything wrong, answer to everything. They do what they want, regardless of what anyone thinks or who will get upset. Uh, they see nothing out of the ordinary regarding spinning tyres, revving engines, drinking, loud noise, nothing out of the ordinary, they say. I arrest my case. ...in a cemetery. Neil, a lot of this is stemming from social media... ...people recording and sharing videos on TikTok. Yes, it is, um, and that's irreversible. Anyway, people give different send-offs out in Kilcully... ...and have done so for many years. There is nothing new in this. People are recording themselves now... ...when attending these events and sharing them. That is the thing that has become the problem. There's lots on this. It seems Ken O'Flynn will need to speak up for himself now. He's treading in very dangerous territory... I think he's been called out by one of your callers on air this morning. Well, not so much called out, but one or two people who are relatives of the deceased have some questions they wanted to ask of him. Um, last year, there was a young fellow passed away from the north side and is in a similar situation. Um, but to make it worse, his friend tried to rob cars that night to celebrate his life by robbing cars. Being honest, I just find it all disgusting. But at least the travellers didn't go robbing any cars or bikes like happened that night that I'm talking about and Kay says it seems to me that Ken is only the messenger in all of this have respect people at a funeral I certainly wouldn't want this carry-on near my family grave I just told my husband not to dream of putting me out there when I die no disrespect to the dead um, may they all rest in peace this carry-on at funerals will have to be curtailed and stopped what you played this morning sounded like the sound from Mondello Park or an international Grand Prix says K, by text to 0868104106. Oh, my apologies. I don't know how that happened, actually. I meant to go for an ad break. It should have said ad break, but it didn't happen. So I'll come back to it in a few minutes' time. Lots of other texts then by uh, text to 0868104106. Now, stay uh, with the the story regarding uh, Kilcully for now. It's not acceptable to have that racket in a graveyard. There are places of... These are places of solemn prayer uh, for the dead. A place of peace and quiet not for turning them into some kind of a circus. Uh, In the words of Lady Jane Grey, this is a time to be born and a time to die, everything in its place. Funerals should be conducted with reverence and respect. And the parish priest is also at fault for allowing these kind of shenanigans at funerals. The same can be said uh, for a funeral mass, which is again a solemn occasion, not a celebration of the person's life. Uh, Funerals should be the same. Lay lay the person to rest with dignity. Uh, I think it's an interesting text actually sent by Maureen because she follows it up with a phone call. Maureen, good morning. Good
13: morning, Neil.
3: How are you? Um, I'm grand, um, but all I've seen is the video of the carry-on up there and to me, um, it seems very... It might be respectful for the person who has died but it's very disrespectful for everybody else who has loved ones in the the cemetery, right? Yes,
0: yes, it is, of course. And, um... I don't see how it's respectful even for the person that's died. Because for me, funerals are solemn occasions. They are solemn occasions in the church. There is a, play, a time and a place for everything. So um, Baptisms are celebrations. Marriages are celebrations. Funerals are solemn occasions. They're not celebrations of people's life. We have to remember that that person, he or she, has gone before the throne of Christ for judgment. They've always been solemn. And the priests are at fault as well. Yeah, but maybe funerals
3: should be happier occasions then. Maybe no, they shouldn't be so solemn no. and dour and In dark and black.
0: In the church kneels, there's a time and a place. Every sacrament has its place.
4: Other,
3: other and religions and, know, other, and other uh, <coughs> races and countries around the world see funerals as times of huge celebration. There's lots of music. It's a big party. It's a celebration of the person's them. life.
0: I'm talking about the Catholic Church, not any other religion.
3: All I'm funerals, saying, all I'm saying is that maybe they shouldn't be sad occasions.
0: But they are sad occasions, that's the whole point. A person but has But change died.
3: it to a celebration of somebody's life. No,
0: it's not the dogma of the church. And no matter what anybody says or how they try and change it, it is not the dogma But the, the dogma church of the says church.
3: lead a good life. So why don't the funerals talk about the good life and the happy times and... Why don't you just because dour and the happy solemn? They' times
0: are there and parties are there when the person is alive. The whole point about it is when a person dies, it is solemn. Associated. I don't
3: want people to be sad when I die, Maureen. I don't. Well,
0: that's up to you. But everybody is sad when somebody dies, Neil. Everybody I've been listening to is trying to change the teaching of the church. No. And yes, they are. And you can't do that. If you go back years ago. Funerals were beautiful. They were conducted with reverence and respect. I'm sure they they still are. They are not. They are not. not. Some of them have been turned into parties and God knows what
3: else. Some of them. That is not... Yeah, that's the that's the world we live in now, where some people think that anything goes. It's nobody else's business what I do. Mind yours, two fingers, and get the hell out of it. Well,
0: my way. yes, exactly. Well, it's not the place in a graveyard, and it certainly isn't the place in a church either.
3: Well, I understand when you say that people would be sad when we die, but I would rather there be a celebration and a party and some kind of acknowledgement of a life well lived. When I die, you, where people would be, okay, not you necessarily up happy. You,
0: you can use to you. But Thank when a you. person dies, remember the person has lived. They've had their life. Now they have died. They are going to a different place. We don't know where they're going. But first and foremost, they're standing before judgment. And that is why it is a solemn occasion. And the priest has to stand up and start saying, like all these songs you know these modern songs that they want played at funeral masses they're not on either
3: why not why in the name of God because not like why is it okay do. to have Simon and Garfunkel's Bridge Over Troubled Waters right it which is do, a modern do. pop song or it's okay it to have Cat Stevens' Morning Is Broken which Neil, is a what, what's wrong with song from way. the 60s is it a, why not have put something it, from 2022 23 put
0: 23? it this way to you if it doesn't belong at the foot of the cross it doesn't belong at mass, whether it be Sunday mass or a funeral mass. I know, but I just want—I just, want just, want just want to see—I just want to just
3: want to see things maybe shook up a little bit. You know that we, do, we no, look at things different. We do is not, different. not
0: ever the teaching of the church. It never was. But there's people out there who just want to try and change it to suit themselves. They just can't get it into their head. But the
3: church the church needs to, needs, to needs to change. It needs to change with regards to. it? It needs to change regarding gay relationships. It needs to change no, regarding doesn't. divorce. It needs to change no. regarding right to life and terminations no. of pregnancy. Because this is no. the world we're in.
0: I don't care what world we're in. The church doesn't move with the times, the church stays the same. That is the dogma and doctrine of the holy, catholic and apostolic church. And this, whether people like it or whether they oh, don't. But
3: what if they wanted to get more people to follow the church's teachings? They need to adapt in that regard. All
0: They all, don't need to adapt. They teach the true teaching of the church, which they are not doing. That's the whole problem. Uh, people are going into churches they and they're end- listening to wishy-washy sermons from novice Order priests... Instead of being taught the truth, even as I remember as a child growing up, All right. okay. the sermons we used to hear, okay. they were fabulous.
3: I'm out of time for now. I may bring it back after 11, depending on what people have to say. Cork,
1: I don't know if you've heard the news, but we have a brand new breakfast show coming soon. Are you ready
2: to go?
1: go, 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 ready, ready to go. Red FM Breakfast with KC starts Monday morning at 6.00. Only on Cork's Red
3: FM. Uh, back to the issues out in Kilcully. Surely a nice, dignified funeral would be more respectful to the deceased boy. Sounds like as it was a bit of a circus. No harm in someone singing a song for him at his graveside. That would be okay. But it sounds like Bedlam, the poor boy, would be turning his grave from the racket. Uh, when my mother, who is 90, goes to visit my father's grave in Kilcully, she has to walk to the top of the graveyard with her walker as we're not allowed to bring in the car. Yet these people seem to have carte blanche to drive in whenever they want. Um, and there was actually, there was more than one car drove in, to be quite honest with you, but maybe special dispensation is made for cars and what have you during a funeral, which would be different to a visit... I don't know. Uh, what has happened to people? They've lost all respect. The audio from the cars of the funeral is nothing short of an utter disgrace and I hope that when the day comes when they lose a family member they will be shown the same disrespect and let them see how they feel. Uh, now there is a mention of funerals with no mass. Yes, well, no priests. There's so many people not going to mass these days but when it comes to weddings, baptisms, first communions, confirmation and funerals they all want the church service for the big show that they're going to put on. I really don't know what to say anymore. Well, it's an interesting point. They certainly want the churches for the big events, but have no interest or go nowhere near a church then the rest of the year. Anyway, text 0868104106. Uh, back to the phone lines we go. Phil, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Okay, you, want, you wanted to pick up on the difference between, say, the modern world we're living in and what Ma- Maureen is talking about, what's not acceptable to change within the Catholic Church.
10: Yeah, I don't believe Maureen is right at all. I mean, like, people obviously mourn when someone passes away. But, like, it needs to be celebrated at the same time because you enjoyed the life that they had with them. So it's about talking about that afterwards, enjoying it, having great conversations with the family and having a celebration. Like, when my grandfather passed away years ago, like, um, and he was buried down in Mahan and... uh what my father done was there was there was no music now at the church because his my grandfather's um, second wife at the time she wasn't my grandmother no but she wanted not no music or anything but my um, my grandfather was a great Elvis um, lover yeah. um, as my father is and what my father done was he started singing at, at the grave um, Teddy Bear and <laughs> it was abs- it was absolutely brilliant so my my father. It. My father was a brilliant. uh, Like he used to do Elvis impersonations. He's got the suits, you know. He he's big into Elvis. Like he's got the sunglasses, now, the whole lot. But uh, he just felt like he needed to do something for his dad, and that's what he did. He sang out, and and you know it was a great surprise, and everyone loved it. And for Maureen to say that things like that can happen in the church and on the graveyard, it absolutely needs to happen, and I've no doubt the person in that was deceased. We respect that too, like
3: you know. Yeah, but singing "Teddy Bear" by Elvis Presley is is, is a lovely thing. Why? Why then should if a young flood sadly dies at a young and tragic age, and he loved his cars, why shouldn't his pals then be able to bring in cars and rev them up at his graveside and do wheelies hon- and spin the I tires? I hundred percent agree. I think it's whatever. no, no. I, I I don't think so. I don't think I. Th- I don't think they should. But do you think they should?
10: I think they should. I mean, like, like that woman said from that family a while ago that it was only an hour and they're gone. It's not like it's an every day. They go back every week doing the same thing. It's just in respect for that time when he's been put into the ground for it to happen. But oh, did you it, see the loved. video or hear the hear the audio? I heard, I heard the audio. Yeah, I heard the audio. It's a bit extreme, like. But at the same, like maybe if it was mellowed down a small bit. But at the same time, I think look, he loved his cars. He liked to party, whatever it was. Maybe he enjoyed fireworks. Maybe he had his own kind of display thing every New Year's, and that's what it was. So, where do you call.
3: draw the line? I mean, where do you say no? You can't cross this line. Where is that line? None. I don't. Know. <laughs> well, I, 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 i have no saying where where the line stops. Like, but um,
10: I just think in that regard, like in even in modern music, I think if someone was into their DJ and play whatever their favorite song was. Like, I, set I up think, because, set
3: up the decks at the graveside
10: and have a ba- have a. Have a party? Not a full on, par- not a full on party, but play the song. I Like I think that should be allowed. I think this whole, I just I don't know. I think it
3: was a bit of a snowflake, myself. I'll be honest. <laughs> uh, but that's my opinion. Neil. Like, did you have a party then after the Elvis Presley rendition? We, of the grave? we we
10: we went to the Silver Key and we had a great time. You know, talking about his life and you know everything about it. So he was a he was a chief fire officer in Saint Andrews Street.
3: All oh, right,
10: and. um... My father was a firefighter as well and he's
3: retired now as well. So you, and, uh, you, 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 remember, the, you remember the good times while still being sorry absolutely. for his loss. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Did yeah, you absolutely. want to respond to any of that, Maureen? See what I mean? That's, that's typical what I'm saying, celebrating with a party. Is that allowed?
0: Well, there's no harm once the whole funeral is over. People may go to a pub, they may have some sandwiches or something, tea and coffee and that. That's okay.
3: Boring. It's boring. Sitting but, around but with funeral at the sandwiches. Great
0: side and in the church, there is a time and a place, like I said before, and at least offer the person the dignity of a respectful funeral. I like it. Like the, uh, had years ago.
3: Yeah, no, I'm I'm not a fan of spinning the tires. The church and, doesn't
0: move with anybody. The church doesn't move with the times at all. The church stays as she is. It's the people who expect the church
9: to move.
3: Yeah. We could be and here we,
0: we could expect the church to move, who I don't agree with either.
3: We could be here all morning um, arguing back and forth as to why people don't go to mass anymore, certainly with the carry on with way too many priests, but that's probably for another day. Don't you think though, yeah. in your heart and soul, that singing a song like Teddy Bear by Elvis Presley at the side of a grave is just a beautiful thing?
0: No, I don't actually. Oh, sure. There's
3: no hope for you. <laughs> There's, no hope for you
0: There's no hope for you, girl. There's no
3: hope for you at all. Look, I don't care.
0: Okay, as I said it to you before, it is not acceptable at the foot of the cross. It is not acceptable at Mass. No, it, it was not acceptable at Christ's burial.
3: Well, Carson well, Elvis and Presley's and the, teddy bear
0: wasn't out at a 2000 in, years in a Catholic church. All right. I,
10: I don't care. I have no. I've no doubt Elvis Presley would have been played back then as well.
3: If, if he had been around, I imagine that Jesus himself would have been a fan of Elvis Presley. Absolutely, yeah,
10: absolutely. Oh, yeah.
3: Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. Blasphemy. Thanks,
0: Maureen. What? Blasphemy
3: what? again? Not It's not. It's not. <laughs> it's not Good call, Maureen. Girl. Good call. I'm a blasphemer. Anyway, thanks, Phil. Thanks, Maureen. Back after the break. <laughs> Call the Neil Prenderville Show now,
1: 0818-104-106,
3: Red FM. Uh, yesterday we were chatting mad about uh, occupying children, particularly in public places, whether it's, um, it could have been a bus or it might have been on a train, but certainly we were talking about pubs and restaurants and what have you. My little lad watches cartoons on my phone and I always turn it down to mute. He doesn't care once he can see the movie. It's head-wrecking to hear tablets blaring when you're out with family or friends. Uh, some children don't like the feel of earphones covering their ears. <laughs> okay, well, I suppose it's hard to argue back against something like that. There could well be spectrum issues involving the feeling of headphones on the ears. Um, it's up to parents to set reasonable expectations for their children. If they don't like headphones, then they can have the sound very high in public. Personally, I don't mind the sound on for kids as long as it's reasonable volume. In fact, I would be happier with that rather than a child screaming. Well, the child screaming just cuts right through your brain, doesn't it? But so could Peppa Pig at loud volume. When you're out and about or trying to have a meal and there's a child at the table next to you just um, kicking it up a storm. Uh, Personally, when it's children, it doesn't bother me. As God knows, it's probably the only way the poor parents can get out to eat. But it does irritate me when it's adults, even teenagers. I was in a bus recently and four teenage girls were sitting together with their phones blaring along with them roaring. And I did feel like saying, shut the hell up. It could have been those parents' first time in weeks or months getting out for dinner. Well, yeah, that was how all this started, actually. It was an email from somebody who just um, was out for the first time in a long time, and the event was ruined by people on phones and children. Just because children get given a tablet so their parents maybe can enjoy a bit of food doesn't mean the children are brats. Children don't have a tendency tendency to sit too long. So that's probably the only way the parents can get them to sit for long periods of time. One final one for now. Kids will be kids and they like to either run around or sit down and play a game or watch something on iPads. My kids do sit down, don't have phones or iPads blaring, but I wouldn't judge other kids for doing it. I wouldn't call them spoiled little brats either. Parents are paying enough to eat out. It's to give the mother or father a break from cooking. And if it takes the child to be given an iPad to sit down quietly so their parents can enjoy their well-deserved meal, then I don't see any problem with it. No doubt you'd happily sit in a pub with a match blaring on the television. I don't think everybody would sit in a pub with a match blaring. uh, But again, from the point of view of an adult, you can make a choice and go to another pub or what have you. But if you're sitting down and you're with people and you're having a meal or what have you, and you've got somebody who's roaring and screaming into a phone or they got the phone speaker on or they're listening or there are children, uh, you know, watching television Show. I, I just don't think it's acceptable. I really don't. I, you know, I understand. We've all been parents. I get it. Uh, but like, you know, I just don't think it's fair. on other people who are sitting there trying to have a nice evening or trying to socialize there might be their first time out in a long time and they're paying good money for it. So I don't think it's acceptable to to have this kind of carry on, particularly with, say, children or the carry on on trains either with, you know, volume up or roaring into your phone and having the speaker on as well. But your thoughts are welcome. Text 86 God knows the way things are going. How many pubs will we have left, left in the first place? Now, if you're noticing actually a huge change in pubs, 20, 30, 40 years ago, it would be rather unheard of. Uh, to have pubs now that have full-on menus and kitchens and are serving loads of food and have a wide variety of catering. I mean, if you go back to the 80s, you know, it would have been completely out of the, uh, uh, out of the norm when pubs even started to put in a pizza oven or doing a bit of toasted sandwiches at lunchtime or what have you. It's a completely, totally different world now. But yet, um, shocking news this morning, that if you go back to 2005, we've lost nearly 2,000 pubs in 18 years. And Cork actually is right up there amongst the counties that lost the most. We are third in the league, but over 2,000 um, in uh, since 2005. Limerick had the highest loss. They lost 30% of their pubs. Roscommon lost nearly 31, 30% of their pubs. And Cork and Leash come and join third. We also have lost just under 30% of our pubs since 2005. Now, some might say, and perhaps me included to some extent, that we just had too many pubs in the first place particularly in rural Ireland, and particularly in the bigger rural towns. I wonder what um, Councillor Danny Collins, who's an um, independent councillor for Cork County Council, but also the owner of Boston's Baron Bantry, would have to say on the subject, and he joins me by phone. Danny, good morning. Morning, well,
6: Neil. Morning, I don't
3: Neil. know where to start here. Well, I mean, firstly, that is an insane number, isn't it? Like over 2,000 public houses closed since the middle of the noughties.
6: Yeah, <laughs> look it's 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 easy to see nearly what through any town and village throughout Cork County or throughout the country and like you see pubs closed left, right and centre, like you know, there's villages who have been wiped out of pubs, like you have no pubs now at all. Like um, I remember when I came to Bantry here alone myself, there was that was in nineteen ninety eight, there was um nineteen pubs. And um, today today there's only seven. And like to be quite honest, we are struggling and like to be honest, most of our now mainly got into food. I do a small bit of food myself only soup and sandwiches between 12 and 4 but like um there's a couple of pubs here in town that do no food whatsoever and like you know we 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 grin and bear it, but like, you know, we, 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 we a winter ahead of us and we are, we are fearing it, to be quite honest. Okay. Now. Okay. Especially you now, because we like the budget with the
3: can, increase coming as well. Yeah, the van increase and the brewers putting it up and the huge amount of money going to the government in excise. I, I, I get all of that. It's, it's not, it's not cheap now anymore. Um, But if if you look at, say, Bantry or Clonic Kilties or indeed your Mallows or even Bandham for that matter, or car savine that i know quite well that had like 50 or 60 pubs at one stage only got maybe six or seven now maybe there were just too many
6: yeah maybe there were too many but like you know we we have different bills that were brought in you had them the the, um, previous government who brought in the new drink driving bill like which has really scared people to come out you know especially in rural areas you know that used to come out maybe for one or two drinks they don't do this anymore And, like, it's fine for this to happen maybe above the cities where you would taxi every two minutes outside your door. But here in, we say, West Cork, like, taxis in certain villages, they're they're not there, like, here. And, like, you know, it's it's like for people to come out, if they're going to have a couple of drinks, how are they going to get home at the end of the night?
3: Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. But didn't people's drinking habits change, though, Danny, in the sense that I imagine there's a lot less daytime drinking now?
6: Yes, I agree with you. We've got a lot of pubs that only open now maybe at 4 or 5 o'clock in the evening. I, myself, and there's a couple of other pubs I know that do open. at still a half tin. But um, look, um, look, what, what I can see happening, is especially since the pandemic, a lot of people haven't come out since the pandemic, and they're drinking at home. And, like, you know, there's no control drinking, really, at home. And I spoke to medical staff recently, and they said, we are going to see the consequences of the pandemic in three to four years. This I was told this last year. Lack of
3: three control three with years. regards to home Lack. drinking. Yeah.
6: yeah. Lack of People are buying spirits. There's no measures whatsoever. At least you go into into a public house. You have a measure. That's what you're getting. But, and, and if you're at home, you see it yourself. You go to a, a, house, a house party or a person, they're going to pour a, a drop of whiskey or a drop of vodka. It's normally two, three times the size. Yeah, but I think even
3: those days are dying out, Danny. I mean, the big boom now is in Heineken Zero and Guinness Zero and things like that. They're the growth areas. So people are perhaps just thinking, no, alcohol and me, no, I don't want it. I don't want part of my lifestyle. I want a clear head. I want, you know, I want more energy. I want more physical fitness, you know?
6: Yeah, that's happening too. Yes, I do agree. But like, you must also take a lot of our young crowd are leaving our shores and, you know, alone here in the Bantry area, I know of up to fifteen or sixteen young people who have lost, have left in the past year. You even heard it yesterday, last night on the Royal trilly. I watched it there for a while, and one lady who was from a camp at the part of the country, she went off to Sydney, was it or somewhere in Australia, because her brother told her she's a better way of life. Yeah, and that's what's happening here as well. I spoke to an elderly lady. Another thing that's happening here.
3: So, so the so the, so the age group that you'd want to attract most, which we say twenty something or a thirty something, have just legged it.
6: They've legged it, and uh, an elderly lady rang me, a uh, grandmother last was um, last September October, and she said to me, "Danny, what is wrong?" She says, he, uh, "My two grandsons, one is leaving before Christmas, and the other is leaving after Christmas." And when I asked them why are they leaving, The simple thing they said, "There's no dances." And, like, I had to laugh when she said, no, that's... I knew what she meant. I knew what they meant. There's no discos. There isn't one no disco in Westcock now at the moment um, for you young people to go to at nights. Like, you know, before you... What about late bars? Room.
3: Are there, you know, late bars to some extent pre- replace the clubs? Are there late there's, bars? There's no no late bars. I, there's no late bars I, I can think of anywhere throughout Westcock
6: at the moment. And even, don't you, it, there was a, a late bar which will refuse its licence there recently for late licence... Um, in Guilty, I read in the papers But um, there's none whatsoever But why would I mean part. without
3: drilling into something I don't know the reasons behind that That's a bad idea There need to be late licences to keep rural Ireland alive And keep young people living and working in the community and be able to socialise They don't all want to be tucked up in bed at midnight No and
6: simple reason Is why Disgust And places are not getting um, their late licence Because they tell me The price of insurance It's shocking I know of one business who taught me he'd have to pay up to 85000 for a, a uh, disco licence if he was to so open up his doors.
3: And how long like, would that licence last? A year? Well, like, I'm saying, sorry, 85000 for insurance. And that insurance would like, be for 12 months, for eighty five. bucks. For, for 12 months.
6: You know, like, come here now. like, And then you have to apply for this licence, which I think costs about, between court um, fees and solicitor fees. I know you can um, apply for so many. What you call it at the time, what you call it, could cost you up to five, six hundred euros. But then also, you must think you must have so many bouncers. You have to have bar staff, you have to have a DJ. I'm telling you, you uh, before you open your doors, you're talking about laying out about at least, I would say, two to three thousand euros. Yeah. Ireland's a,
3: Ireland's a very expensive country for a lot of these things. But would you find, and, and publicans like your good self, would you have had kind of the daytime pensioner in for the couple of pints and the chat kind of thing.
6: I, I still do. Um, thank God, what you call it, um, I, uh, I am with a couple more pubs in Bantry. We still have our own customers who come in for a chat, a bit of crack, a bit of ball hopping, as you'd say. Mm. You know, what you call it? it's lovely to see there some mornings, what you got it. And like, they only come in for two, three drinks and they're gone home again. You know, these are p- people who are retired, they're bachelors, whatnot. And like, you know, they just want to get out of the house for a couple of hours, meet someone, talk about the Rose of Trilly last night. You know, yeah. you know, talk yeah. about most simple things. Talk about the Bantry Blues game last Sunday. You know, you know, like you know, or talk about the Bentry Show. You know, different things like that. That's what they want to talk about. <laughs> they're meeting people, and it's good for mental health as well. And, the, and all like, of
3: you know, those pub, yeah, it absolutely is. And you're you're saying that maybe some of them didn't come back out after COVID isolation.
6: No, not them. What you call it, didn't re- reopen at all. There's um, one here in Bentry as it is, but what you call it, like, and a lot of a lot of them throughout the country. Like, I I'll be honestly. Like, I I was county mayor there, I took notice of it there going through towns and villages throughout our county, like, you know, the different pubs that are closed. And you knew they they weren't reopened, they they weren't opened, like, and you'd ask, no, that didn't open since COVID, or that closed three, four years ago. And, like, it's sad to see, like, and, like, you know, as I stated, we need, we have a lack of taxis and hackneys, like, and the simple reason I, I keep on saying this is apply for the hackney and the taxi license. The exam is very difficult, number one. Yeah, and but isn't protected. it something
3: like, I understand that the lack of taxis and public transport, but uh, like by comparison to the rest of Europe, we have the, had I read somewhere this morning, that we've got the highest excise duty, certainly in Europe, possibly in the world. Ireland's excise on spirits is the third highest in Europe. Our exercise on excise on wine is the highest in Europe. And our excise on beer is the second highest in Europe. And we have some of the highest excise duties in the world and this, like it, that will be upwards of seventy percent going in tax to the government.
6: Yes, yes. what do you got? It? People think it's going going to the public, and but like when you cut it down, at the end of the day, do you it? a good portion go to our government. And basically, look, it's like we look at off licenses there, and we say, how can they get it and sell it for what they're getting? it for. like you know, so like you know, we we are fighting against off licenses, which people can, supermarkets, maybe, supermarkets, whatnot. Like we. Uh, like I do know they brought in new regulations there um last year. be honest there are only a pinch of salt, to be quite honest. But um look, we are suffering. Um, look, we take every day that comes and like we, we thank our customers that do support us and much and enjoy our, our pubs.
3: But the two thousand pubs that closed since twenty five, twenty o five. What? Miss, I sound stupid question. But what 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 became of the building and the pub and the and the, the people living over the pub? Or what became of the the actual bricks a, and mortar? A, a lot of them, a lot of them are
6: just lying there idle, and um, I'm afraid to say, I'll be quite honest, and some are getting very dilapidated, like looking. Like, but what you got? like a lot of them are just lying there idle, and that's what's all, all, all happened. That's basically what, what it is. And what, these what, pubs, these yeah. pubs were, were family-owned over the years. There was no mortgages whatsoever. Like So
3: like they're just lying there idle today. So, and they're ones that had no mortgage. Could you imagine how publicans with big loans must be suffering then?
6: I know myself. I have a mortgage myself. I have about four years left of it. And if I, I hope when I see the day when my mortgage is gone, that'll be a good day for me. A, 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 a lot of weight off my mind, to be quite honest. But... Um, like I, I bought back in nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, um, you say it, could, it would say prior to the prior or not? Sorry, I, I bought back in um, yeah ninety eight, and what just got prior, prior to, to the, the boom, boom, and what you got it like um, uh, we like every every day every day is, 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 is uh, Sorry, I I, bought, I came to Bantry in ninety eight. I was renting first, and then I I bought in two thousand six, and like you know that was pr- right right in the middle at the end of the uh, of of the boom and that's when I bought my pub, and now i you got about still, thank God, I'm, I'm beating my mortgage every month, and that's it.
3: Well, this isn't happening in any just one particular county or province. It's all 26 counties in the, in the Republic have experienced rapid decline. Mind you, Dublin had the smallest decline, but Cork is right in there, probably because it's such a big rural county, don't you think? What, would, what, yeah. what, what needs to be done to stem, to stem this, or at least, or, or maybe even turn the tide? Well, or
6: I'll be quite honest, our, our breweries must stop stop increasing their, their drink because simple reason like we say, Guinness now and and um, Heineken Ireland like twice our Guinness. now, this is our second time putting up their their price of drink. Like and like you know, at the moment we have hadn't had a meeting. I don't know are we going to have a meeting. I'm chairman of our all local business here in Bantry, but um
2: yeah
6: like My you know we are we we, we 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 are taking we are taking the, the Taking the the the, the cost at the moment, at the moment. So like, um, look, that's one thing. No other thing. I honestly tell you, Neil, lack of taxis and hackney is a massive problem. And I've spoken to bed and Breakfast who have people staying um, in their in their B and B's or hotels, and they say people are not coming out; they're staying in because I can't get them a taxi any. I can't get them a taxi home. And is there good money
3: to be made, saying West Cork as a taxi driver?
6: what well, what you call it? Uh, I, I I I can see, like, if, if they work together, I could see it happening,
3: yes. Okay, all right. Okay, a couple of good points there. Certainly with regards to the uh, the brewers and secondly with regards to lack of taxi. Thank you for that, Danny. Danny Collins down in Boston Bar in Bantry. Angela, good morning. Uh Hello? Yeah, there you are, there you go. You, you're aware of the figure I was just mentioning since 2005, there's been just under 2,000 Irish pubs have closed their doors. It's a huge figure, isn't it?
0: Oh, unreal, unreal! It's like um, I
5: don't know. I actually don't know what to say anymore. Yeah. Um, the government are totally at fault. Why? Well, how could I say it? Um,
3: in the you know, in, with regards, the regards to country. tax and excise, is it? Because you're saying that it's not the pubs are to blame; it's the taxes.
5: Boxes, yeah. uh, housing Everything Yeah, yeah Everything
3: Places gone to the dogs You also have to remember though That a lot of people have turned their backs on pubs Because they're too expensive And it's cheaper to buy in a Lidl or an Aldi And drink at home And have friends in
5: It is, but that's not good enough either People like to get out, you know
3: yeah, I know I know, <laughs> I know, know they do, know, but at the end of, kind of the day, of it it's, it's uh, how, how much are you willing to pay?
5: I don't go out much myself, i would be honest. Um, but I actually couldn't afford to go out now the weekend. or I, I actually don't, like, you know. Okay. I actually don't.
3: Okay, okay. Did you also want to mention, uh, pick up on a point that Maureen was making, we were talking about lack of priests and funerals and weddings and yeah, things like that. Yeah, she
5: just annoyed me.
3: Yeah. No? Okay. All right. Okay. Appreciate that. Text 0868-104-106.
1: The Neil Brendeville Show on Cork's Red FM.
3: Our phone lines remain open after midday. 0818-104-106. Little Megan's a wheelchair user. She was at a birthday party at the weekend with like 15 or 20 other kids. So that she can walk independent of the wheelchair. Um, she could have taken part in a lot of the activities down in Airtastic, but wasn't allowed. A lot of people are quite annoyed about that. Uh, my daughter actually works there and I honestly feel like telling her to leave. I have a niece exactly like Megan and if that happened to her i'd be totally fuming well a lot of people were very upset and uh, and uh, very angry um richie says it probably has to do with insurance or at least that will be the reason given won't it says richie and Toker. i'm heartbroken that the child wasn't allowed in but to be fair it's probably for safety reasons maybe in future speak to the manager before you book a place i've been there and kids can tumble and fall on each other bigger kids can get rough should have checked if there was a lift available as well beforehand. So many of this could have been avoided. I, I, I do think that they flagged it in the booking and they actually emailed and everything in advance uh, saying that, you know, Megan, one of the girls who'd be going, um, was uh, in a wheelchair, although the wheelchair wouldn't be going into the play area with her. You're suggesting that kids can tumble and fall on each other and some can get rough. Uh, I have a brother in a wheelchair and the bowling and airtastic is not accessible to someone in a wheelchair. is too narrow to fit a wheelchair in. Actually, Megan then went on to subsequently throw a few bowls at the bowling alley in Airtastic. She was out of the wheelchair. Can't go on, but I have to tell you my son is 20 and has a physical disability. I have encountered so many years of him being left out of everything and anything. He's been invited to one party outside of the family in his entire life. He's 20 years and one outside party. We were always allowed into monkey maze or Chucky's years ago with him when he was small, but now you wouldn't be allowed to do that due to the claims in places like this. When he was 15, he was asked to leave a barber's due to being in a wheelchair. The barber in question was closed down and had to pay my son €2,000 Euro through the workplace relations for what he did. I put up years of flight fighting for him to have a normal life, It's exhausting sometimes. Mary, thank you for that text. I would love in the coming days to have a chat with you on air if you're up for it, because I'd like to share some of your stories um, on the air. I went to Airtastic with my six-year-old son who has a disability. He was singled out of the large group of other children and told we could not go in. We were sent into the toddler section. The staff member was very apologetic, But it's policy that no child with a disability can go into the main play area. So thank you for those. Um, Undoubtedly, I'll have some more calls on that topic as well. Frida, good morning. Morning, Neil. Uh, uh, Lack of priests. Earlier on, we were chatting about it, which means that uh, you mightn't be able to get the last rites. You mightn't find a priest to be able to bury somebody for you. Might be problems with weddings or christenings and things like that. Uh, But yet, they don't allow women priests and they don't allow priests to be married. Your thoughts?
14: Um, I I think priests should be allowed marry. Yeah, Catholic priests, you know. Um, but my, yeah, my text was about kind of I suppose the dwindling numbers. In yeah.
3: This, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, the congregation. Okay, go ahead.
14: Yeah. Um. That caller earlier on, Maureen, was it? Maureen. Yeah. yeah. Kind of touching on her point about like that the church stay as it is. And not go with the times. That's probably has a big. Um, that's probably a big reason why there's dwindling numbers going to church. You know.
3: Give me examples, though, of where it should change.
14: Um, I suppose modernise songs. I suppose like being played at funerals and stuff like that. That's Kind of where there, where she had a problem, wasn't it? That, oh, there's
3: uh, no, she a problem with everything. She says the doctrine yeah. of the church should be as it was 2,000 years ago. So the Catholic Church, unfortunately, for its own best reasons, says, you know, um, gay relationships are bad news. Divorce is, is bad news. you got to hang yeah. in there, even if the marriage is busted or what have you. Um, you know, um, sex before marriage is bad news. Homosexuality, uh, termination of pregnancy, things like that.
14: Yeah, Um, like funeral wise now I've been I've attended funerals that would have more modern songs even played at the grave or even sung at the grave and I don't see any problems with that I've even attended funerals that have we'd say wolf tone songs played on a speaker you know
3: interesting in the graveyard
14: yeah 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 Yeah. and even family members I've had um, you know songs played on speakers or a sing song around the grave I
3: I think some priests are great aren't they but others can be quite draconian in their beliefs with regards to,
14: stuck back to in the, I mean,
3: the, the songs that you can play during the wedding ceremony for instance.
14: Yeah, like it should be, there should be um, more modern songs played and there shouldn't be a problem with it. Like, you know, as the caller said, she was probably saying, keep it at the foot of the cross, Was that what she said?
3: That's it. Yeah.
14: Song-wise, like, so she's probably thinking hymns and everything, you know.
3: Well, they should be solemn and somber occasions. I'm suggesting that a yeah. funeral should be also more aware of a celebration of somebody's life um, and that we should be... You know, I, I would much prefer if people were kind of um, in better form, you know? I mean, OK, like, it is, it is a solemn occasion in the sense you've lost a lover and you're very upset. But, but yes. what if they had a great life and they really enjoyed every minute of it and it was their time to go and they achieved great things and they reared a great family? Have a party.
14: That's it, and if even especially if if that was their wishes as well and the um you know, the revving of the cars there at the grave the Kilcoli, is it? Yes right. Um I suppose if that was the deceased's hobby, cars like, you know, even if it was for ten minutes or something raving the engines, like if that was his wishes, then I know you were kind of um, against that. No, nah,
3: I mean that's. Just, but I'm just one person. I, I, I think that's a step too far. If you, if you're yeah. inclined to believe that it wasn't, then you know you're entitled to believe that. Yeah. You know.
14: Um. But definitely, like modern songs and everything, shouldn't be a problem.
2: Okay. In okay. the church,
14: and I think a lot of the you touched on it, like the the scandal with the priest. But that's that's another subject, I suppose. All together for another day, like that. Yeah. That doesn't help, I'd say, with the numbers either, you
3: know. Well, I think if, if any organisation doesn't modernise or move with the times, I think there's a price to be paid for it, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um,
14: Dwindling numbers, like as you'd say.
3: Okay, all right, thanks for that. Let yeah. me get another couple of calls on, a few texts as well. Um, on pubs, Blackpool Village had 27 pubs in the 80s. It has six, perhaps seven, in the noughties. I uh, wonder what it has now. Um, I wonder if anybody. Could, I remember asking somebody, did that ever happen? Somebody who could list all twenty-seven pubs in Blackpool, zero-zero uh, drinks, and to a lesser extent, um, were developed to get around the advertising ban. I came across an amazing thing at the weekend. Check this out for Daphne. I was deciding in um, Aldi in Carisavine. I was just buying a few things, bits and pieces, before I came back up to Cork. It was Sunday morning. It was at eleven fifteen in the morning. And there was these people, tourists, um, I know they were tourists because they had a, a big camper van outside subsequently, so the camper van, but they were obviously stocking up in bits and pieces, they were in a big shop. And they went up to the cashier and they says, can we buy, you know, the when, when does the alcohol section open? And she said, midday, 12 o'clock. He says, yes, but we only want to go in there to buy Heineken Zero, which has no alcohol. She said, no we can't sell that until midday either. It has no alcohol in it, but yet it's still it's inside in the alcohol off-license section of a supermarket, which seems a bit daft, really, if there's no alcohol in it. And yet they weren't able to sell it. But uh, and I think the cashier also was just as found that rule to be just as daft as the rest of us did in 2023 that you couldn't buy alcohol zero zero Heineken at quarter past 11 in the morning and there's no alcohol in it. But anyway, uh, a lot of the country pubs are idle and the licences are being sold to the likes of your Aldi's and your Lidl's. Thank you, Pat. I often wondered what happened to the the licences so they clearly go to supermarkets. Unfortunately, Diageo and the government have destroyed the industry with overpricing and overtaxing and unfortunately, young people are using drugs. Let's not forget drugs and particularly the popularity of cocaine they last all night there's no calories there's no hangover so sad this government has done a lot of damage all they are good for is taxing people excellent point there you make with regards to uh, some people have turned away from alcohol yes because of fitness and lifestyle but they have turned away from alcohol as well because as you say um you know cheaper Uh, You can stay focused all night, no calories, no hangovers, feel perfect in the morning. I am not for one moment advocating that cocaine is a better option to alcohol. I know that back in the day, um, certainly when I lived in Canada, cocaine was all the rage. And I know that if I had imbibed back then, when I probably should have and could have, I certainly wouldn't be here now. I can tell you that. Personally speaking. Anyway, back to the phone as we go. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. Um, I got Laura, but first of all, let me talk to Jessica. Jessica, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Okay, just on some of the topics we're talking about this morning, this is quite lighthearted. This is it the crematorium?
13: Yeah, the crematorium. Uh, yeah, so uh, my uncle, um, you know. We were uh, at, at his funeral down there. He was cremated, yeah. And uh, they actually played um, uh, songs there. And like his song was actually "I Fell Into a Burning Ring of Fire."
3: <laughs> <laughs> did, he you know. him, did he pick it? Did he pick himself?
13: I actually couldn't tell you. I actually don't know.
3: <laughs> okay, so th- yeah, you have a little speaker inside in the crematorium. Um, "I Fell Into a Burning Ring of Fire" is playing. How did those? How did the congregation react?
13: I thought not ever, Everybody, like, you know, was, like, laughing, you know. There was just, you know, it was just... Everybody was just laughing. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know? So, clapping, like, clapping, swaying from side to side. I fell into a burning just, ring you know, of fire. You went know, down.
13: tears were just, you know, pouring down people's faces as well, you know.
3: Isn't that a celebration when of his life, though?
13: Yeah, so like uh, you know, they're talking like you no know, people are talking about the graveyard and this but like that, you no know, the crematorium have music playing and stuff as well. Yeah.
3: So. This this is more to do with the, the carry on rev revving cars and burning rubber oh, yeah, and you I, know it yeah, just, it just yeah. but you for-
13: know I'm just it just no and and I know the lighter side of it, you know. <laughs>
3: burning ring of fire at the crematorium I oh, love it it would be interesting it.
13: to know where the songs are played down there ok <laughs> let's,
3: let me find out thank you for that Jessica that's a good tip
13: have a good one you Thanks. too
3: take care so let us know the type of songs that are played at the crematorium or indeed at any funeral event um, that's a quirky one that's a light hearted one and I do thank her for it it's nice Neil to see the fireman's hut coming back but would I be right to say it would have taken about 12 to 18 months to complete a project like this 18 months for the city council to sort out a hut I don't know actually how long it's taken all I know is that it's happening anyway Daisy said yes city council said they are going to get planning permission for Noonan's Road and relocate 200 residents knock it down clear the site rebuild the flats and move everybody in and they say that that will take two years to complete Are they having a laugh with their timeline, says Desi? I think they're probably being overly optimistic there. But at least it's a great thing. I know we are now calling it the fireman's hut. For many years, it was the busman's shelter. But I think it was shared by both. The busman in latter years and the fireman going way back to the times of uh, certainly during the burning of Cork and what have you. But if you came late to the program and were wondering what I'm talking about now, the busman's shelter is gone for years Uh, And it was just languishing and falling apart, subject of vandalism and fires up in Fitzgerald Park. But as we speak, work is at an advanced stage now to do it all up, to refurbish it, to bring it back to its glory days. And it will be placed outside Anglesey Street fire station in the next couple of months. So that's what you missed this morning. But back to the phone lines. Laura, good morning.
9: Hi, how are you? I'm
3: good. This could be our last call this morning. So are we back to uh, Airtastic? Were you there yesterday? Still no word I back was. from Airtastic incidentally. Go ahead. Um, yeah,
11: no, my son was um, attending the party and um, just what I saw was absolutely appalling. It was like the behaviour out of the staff and everything. It oh, no, Hold on there. I, up until think.
3: now, I've been just hearing for months and years of great things and great fun and great activities at Airtastic.
11: Yeah, well, maybe that's that's probably true for children that doesn't have needs. Um, I mean, Megan was well able. She like her parents. They showed. They told her that she was well able. I mean, they they need to take the word of the parents as well. They were willing to sign up, sign a waiver, and everything. And they there was just no, not a hope. She was allowed in. They let her in. Watch the tutorial, which was. Like it was heartbreaking. She would have been very you know. excited
3: about the prospect. You were there because your son was invited to the same party. Were the other kids yes. aware of what was going on?
11: Um, I don't know if they were aware, but I would th- I would think that her own cousins were, um, because she's a, she's a big part of their family. Yeah, and so she goes to everything with them. So I don't think we'd say the friends of the child's birthday, but the family would have been very aware of her being taken out and, you know.
3: And you've described that in your text, that kind of behaviour, as appalling.
11: Oh, absolutely appalling. I work with special needs and my, my own son have, have needs himself. And I mean, it, it it's very sad to see that in this day and age that a child can be treated like that, especially in a public place, you know, um, by somebody that doesn't know them.
3: But what about, and far be it for me for being responding on behalf of Airtastic, but what about the fact that you have all different children of all different sizes uh, and strength and that Megan could have been hurt in there?
11: Well, no, seeing um, it was actually very quiet there and the part where the, she was going to be going, there was nobody in that part of Airtastic. And um, from what, what, I, what I heard about Megan, that she, there's actually more vulnerable children that was at the party than her. She was, she's well able, you know. Um, I just think for any treatment of any child, of any, any disability, anything at all, I just it made me so angry and upset to see that. Yeah. As if that was my child. And to be taken out, out of it in front of everybody, it was a disgrace. And like even besides Megan, there was a child that came in about two, three minutes late and it, she, her parents were told that she'd have to watch the tutorial on her own before going in. That's and
3: an insurance thing though. I, I have I have no problem with that, nor should you. If anything happened to that child and they sued uh, or they got injured or what have you and it was found that Airtastic hadn't shown the child the insurance tutorial, there'd be big problems. You have to yeah, follow well, the yeah, rules.
11: That's, that's insurance. You have that's, to follow the fine, rules. and that parent was fine about that and grant but like with with um, To with, single out
3: a child like this who was also capable child, of independent that's, that's walking.
11: Yeah. That's yeah. That's exactly it. Like I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm a bit nervous of talking. You're not. You made I, a very
3: point. You're making a very valid point on society, not seeing the wheelchair, just see the person. Help as much as you the can.
11: She's a person. She was. She's well able. She's a happy child. For to see her mom, even and to do it in as dignity as the way her mom done it. If that was me, I probably would have taken place down. Um, I like only that the child's birthday, and that's where he wanted to go. Um, So,
3: (laughs) no, I'm hearing from other family members and parents who have children, all right, and have gone through the horrors over the years with regards to how their child was treated. One woman actually took a barber to court and actually sued the barber for refusing to cut the hair of the child in the wheelchair. That's That's some of the extremes that people will go to to protect their children and have them included. Well said, Laura. Thanks for that. We'll pick it up in the morning. Just before I go, though, we have more family passes to give away. Again, it's a double up for you. We've got four family passes for the Lagoon Activity Center. um, And it's your opportunity to do a bit of stand up paddle boarding or also go kayaking and stuff like that. All the activities are supervised and trained and fully qualified life people involved and lifeguards and what have you. So we've got four family passes for that and also for one of the jewels in the Cork Crown, Spike Island. If you haven't been, you'll be taking a trip back in time over 1,300 years of Irish history. This includes the ferry, the return ferry journey across Cork Harbour, Then you'll get the uh, guided tour on arrival at Spike by one of their storytellers. And then the uh, self-guided tour, you've got time to go on your own and enjoy the fortress and the prison and the museums, the exhibitions. These are authentic. These aren't built. There's nothing Disney now about Spike. This is the real Macquarie, centuries-old prisons and fortresses and island homes and the monastery. It's just wonderful if you haven't built, been. And, And it was put to so many different uses over the 1300 years from a monastic settlement way back along in the 6th and 7th century, uh, right up to modern-day history, where now it has been turned into one of the greatest um, tourist achievements that we have in the country. So four passes for Spike, four passes for the Lagoon Activity Centre. Your opportunity now is only a phone call away. So get dialing on 0818 104 106. Lines will stay open. You can text 0868 104 106. Have a good day. And I'll see you tomorrow.
0: For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie/podcasts.